0: the gloves are about to come off. It is time
1: to drop your buffs. Drop, you're buff, you're buff, you're buff. <laughs> drop, 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 come on in! Drop your buffs. You are correct. Yeah. Bring it in. It. Yeah. You are correct. You Drop your buff. Sorry, Annalise. ready. Drop your
0: buffs. Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross and
1: I'm Ricard Foyer. Hello.
0: Ricard, welcome. This is so exciting. We are here to talk about Australian Survivor. I never dreamed that I would be talking about Australian Survivor on Drop Your Buffs because Drop Your Buffs didn't even start as a recap podcast but now here we are recapping (laughs) Australian Survivor of course we had to because the queen of Survivor has traveled to Australia to take part in the world's greatest game and I have Ricard here with me to recap the show because we have sort of like gone on a parallel journey with Australian Survivor especially in the past couple of months and uh, I think it's safe to say we are both very big fans. And the reason Evan is not here is because, as you've heard on many podcasts before, Evan is a completist and he wants to watch Australian Survivor from season one through to wherever it is when he ends up watching it. (laughs) And uh, I respect that greatly. So uh, Evan is sitting out of this one and Ricard is helping me out with these Australian recaps. And what a great guest to have, Ricard. Tell me about your relationship with Australian Survivor. When did you start watching? What seasons have you watched? Are you into it? Just tell me everything.
1: I am so, I'm so into Australian Survivor. And I, I really didn't anticipate feeling this way about a franchise that obviously is the same franchise, but totally different. And I felt like my journey started pretty awkwardly. Um, I had just gotten back from filming my season in, mm-hmm. um, when was it in May? And they had just started, uh, Brains vs. Brawn, uh, season six of Australian Survivor. And I, f- I watched it. It's in its entirety. And yet I did not I don't remember anything from it. I would just break down in tears at certain episodes. I would feel. Not like overwhelming anxiety or panic while watching certain episodes, but I felt very triggered by a lot of what I was watching. So I kind of just had it on in the background. Mm. Um, Then when you told me you were going to start season four, I started at the same time. I was all in. I am so like I was season four was everything I wanted in a season. The cast was phenomenal. The twists were minimal. It was just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal season. So what and
0: happened with six? What, it was just too close? It was triggering some PTSD it, for you?
1: It was. I mean, the amount of twists, the amount of uncertainty, and just genuinely, it was just too soon. Yeah. It was too soon. And I, I thought I could watch any season when I got back home. Um, I actually tried to rewatch Heroes Villains the mm. week I got home because of an advantage in my season that paralleled something from Heroes Villains. And I I wanted to rewatch a certain scene, and I couldn't do it. I would just break down in tears. What's Um, that scene?
0: What are you talking about?
1: So the final advantage for season 41, where we had to figure out a riddle to then find the advantage clue for Uh the final advantage challenge, um, or for one of the final challenges in Final Five, the clue was the uh, your treasure hangs where the trees love to dance. And I knew that was a clue from Heroes Villains where Parvati was trying to find an idol where, mm. where she had to cross this little bridge. It was a lot clearer of a clue. She had to cross a bridge, find a tree where the trees love to dance. And, I remember exactly
0: um, what you're talking... I remember the trees. I can picture them in my mind.
1: Yeah, and so that's a very similar tree to what um ha- held erica's advantage that she had and um yeah i wanted to watch that scene to know if i was playing tricks on myself if that really was the case that i had remembered it and i couldn't i couldn't watch it i really couldn't wow
0: so then we both started watching season four around the same time and uh i remember this the reason we started with four was because that was all that was on paramount plus at that Mm -hmm. time right it started at four so i just thought like i'm just gonna go for this because i really loved brains versus brawn and i watched that as it aired in the summer of last year and just like totally fell in love i just the characters the setting the twists like i'm not a fan of twists and yet something about australian survivor like sold me on these really psychotic twists <laughs> and uh, I was so excited to see more of it but it's such a commitment like 24, 25, 26 episodes in season 2 um, but, I, but I was really keen to watch some more after 41 was over so we both jumped right into season 4 and wow,
1: like loved season 4 I, I, tr- I think it's my favorite of the Australian Survivor seasons that I've seen of the three um, I think it's funny, I've been thinking about this a lot. What What is my draw to it? Because I'm very hesitant to say this. I don't want to say that I prefer AU over US because US has been in my life for two thirds of my life. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not so much the cast or you know where they're from or anything like that, but it's the editing. The editing makes you consistently root for someone in Australian, an Australian Survivor. And I'm going to use a quote from David uh, the, in the new season that we're currently watching, where he says there's a transference of a dream, yeah, um, you know what I'm saying.
0: Uh, I know exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like when I was watching. I won't, I won't spoil season four for anybody who has not listened to or watched it. But in the final four, there's somebody who is voted out, and it's it's very emotional vote out. It, it reminds me very much of my vote out. I was heartbroken for this person. I mean, people are crying while this person is being voted out. And it was really difficult for me emotionally to watch. And I think with US Survivor, when there's somebody that you're rooting for in that show because of the edit, they let you end with feeling that that person was robbed. They let you end the season with feeling like, oh, the person who was supposed to win didn't win mm. in some seasons. mm I mean, I I feel that way with the edit for Aubrey. Like, Michelle's a great winner, but -hmm. people feel Aubrey was robbed, you know? And and with Australian Survivor, this person who I was certain deserved to win, the second they were voted out, there was this shift in the editing where there was a transference of the baton of who was deserving. And it just continued all Mm -hmm. the way to the last moment where I can't imagine anybody else winning. But this person, even though I was so certain somebody else deserved it. Yeah, yeah. I just think the editing is truly beautiful where you're left feeling like they really earned it.
0: Yeah, I think I know what you mean. I think I know what you mean. And we have both only watched three seasons. So we've also watched season two. We just finished watching that before uh, this current season has started. So. We we do have some gaps in our knowledge, and I think we're going to try not to spoil the past seasons because these have just gone up on Paramount+. Plus. I know not everybody has been able to have a chance to binge them yet. There's a lot of content. So uh, we're going to be careful, but there may be parallels to be drawn between uh, some characters. And, of course, we have returning characters here on Blood versus Water, mm-hmm. and we may have to talk about how their games ended uh, in their previous seasons. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think It'd it's be conscious, to bring but like, up.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so should we just get into it? Let's talk about what your high level thoughts are on blood versus water. We are three episodes in we're done week one. What do you think?
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the cast. And this is the first one. I think it's been really hard. The previous seasons we've watched for me to keep track of who's who. It takes mm-hmm. me until like merge to understand half these people's names, mm-hmm. even if I have an uh, emotional connection to them. But I am fully invested in almost every single character right from the get here. I love the cast. I love the setting. I love that it's both desert and like there's so much water involved. I I just absolutely love it. Jonathan is a dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> love the dedication. At the beginning of the season to the land. Yes, um, land acknowledgement.
0: Yes. yes. I think we had that last season as well.
1: Yes. And um yeah, I just think it's a, a fantastic season so far. I have yeah. a little I have a slight pet peeve with a mm-hmm. few uh, character traits of a few folks, but I'm sure we'll get into that.
0: Oh, we'll get into it. Yes, we will. Uh, I'm feeling the same way, actually. Like I'm surprised that, to hear you say, uh, or I'm pleased to hear you say, that you kind of feel like you know who everybody else, because I have the exact same experience. And of course, I knew that I was going to be podcasting about it, so I'm investing a little bit more time into trying to get to know these people before uh, the game even starts. But even still this is a lot of people to keep track of 24 players we're not used to that in our us version and so it can be a little overwhelming but i think that the blood versus water element has really helped keep track of everybody for me because it's like Mm -hmm. if somebody's a little bit fading into the background at least I know who their partner is and I'm making the connection between the two of them. So it actually, I think really helps to get to know the cast and is a really easy way in to understand, okay, what motivates these people? Why are they here? Which one's the fan? Which one has never seen it before? Which I think we have a couple cases of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which are fun to talk about. And uh yeah, I'm just, I think it's, it's, It's a great cast with a lot of potential. I think there's lots of people we still have not seen sort of like rise to the top yet, but I'm excited to see them. And the ones that have risen to the top are great. And uh, some of them we've already lost, but wow, did they bring a lot to the show. And I'm talking about you, Brianna.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm talking about Kate.
0: I know. Poor Kate. I really felt bad for her. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, we're starting to get into it. So, why don't we just go in? We're going to walk through uh, episode by episode some of the events and uh, our thoughts on those. So, let's get straight into it with episode one, where we have JLP's epic drive through the terrain, sort of introducing the blood versus water theme. Uh, we meet some contestants. I always find it really interesting. I love to like. Overanalyze who we're getting clip packages on in Australian Survivor, which now they, hey, here's something that has like bled into US Survivor. Because of course, in your season, we started to get these clip packages of like Mm -hmm. who you are at home and what motivates you and like what drives you and what you've gone through in the past. And uh, this is sort of like has always been a staple of Australian Survivor, as far as I'm aware. And uh, so I love to see those and like really try to overanalyze. Who's getting them and when they're getting them and what it means. And so like I'm looking here like in the intro that you know JLP's running through uh, this just sort of the theme, we see uh, an intro package for Jesse and Jordy, the brothers, uh, KJ and Sophie, the sisters, Croc and Chrissy, who are both iconic. <laughs> uh, I mean that's where we get Chrissy talking about how she doesn't know the name of tribal council (laughs) tribunal (laughs) tribunal Um, (laughs) and then that's just scratching the surface on Chrissy which we'll get to Uh, we see Amy and Khan and then of course the returning players Andy and his little sister Kate Mark and Sam and finally Queen Sandra and Princess Nina arriving in a helicopter so we we just kind of get like a brief introduction to people and then Uh, They are sort of like welcomed into the game. And here's our very first instance of JLP saying, come on in. Okay. Uh I am talking to the perfect person right now to talk (laughs) about this because, you know, Australian survivor for those who haven't seen the past seasons borrows heavily from us survivor in terms of uh, some of the like iconic phrases that uh, are used by Jeff Probst are also used by Jonathan. And, I was really wondering, with the changes made in 41, whether those would bleed into Australian Survivor. And here, uh, one of the very first things uh, Jonathan says in the game is, come on in, he has kept the come on in, drop drop the guys. <laughs> that's so, right. Regard, your impact. What did you I think know. about this?
1: She has gone international. I love it. I love that it wasn't a big deal, but yeah. it still is a big deal. Yeah. The thing is, when there's impact that affects you, it can still internally be a big deal without being a big deal to the world. And I think that's how we get the most change. And I, I know that's controversial. And there are certain instances where a, Big statement is needed, but in, this was just beautifully introduced without being forced, and it was very. I, I just loved it, and you were even mentioning the um the intro packages that we were given, which mm-hmm. is very a la Australia, um mm-hmm. Survivor. Ours were all like they all had a, a direction. They were all like sad or a certain aspect yeah. of ourselves. You know, mine was what was different about me and my family. And it was, you know, supposed to be inspiring as opposed to just getting to know who I was as a human. Yes. Yes. Um, And it was a little bit
0: like, uh, not to be crude, but it was a little trauma porn.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's both like great because you want to root for these players and know like how this could be such a big impact on their life, but you don't, it doesn't need to be so explicitly said to you right when you're getting to know them. You can get to know mm-hmm. them and then introduce the trauma later, um, mm-hmm. which is what I think Australia does very well. Uh, and yeah, so I it's funny. It's like the same stuff, but so different. But same, same. <laughs> I don't know. It's so Plus, funny.
0: like, does this mean JLP knows
1: who you are? Listen, I, <laughs> if I had any question of if he knew who I was at first, which I did. Now I know, and he likes so many of my tweets that he, he does know who I am. And this is very exciting. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that.
0: When are y'all getting married?
1: Oh, I don't know. I tried to <laughs> message him, but he doesn't accept DMs from people he doesn't follow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so he knows who you are, ER, but he doesn't follow you. Great.
1: Look, okay. he only follows 41 people, so it's fine.
0: 41? <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: So come on in. Uh, he's chatting with the contestants, talking about you know how they're all there with a loved one, and suddenly they're interrupted by the sound of a helicopter. And this is, of course, Queen Sandra arriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not Oprah. Not uh, Oprah. It was it was Sandra.
1: <laughs> was that Chrissy Oprah? that said that? <laughs> I
0: can't figure out who said that. I rewatched that a hundred times. They showed Croc and Chrissy, but Chrissy's mouth is not moving. I think it was Chrissy. I think they want us to think it was Chrissy, but I would like this cleared up (laughs) because look, I know Chrissy's never seen Survivor before, (laughs) but
1: Oprah. Maybe she didn't have her glasses.
0: But Oprah and Gail getting off that helicopter. (laughs) Actually, that would be good. I would like to see that. I don't think they have the budget.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but that was okay. This is one of my pet peeve scenes if you wanted an epic moment where you're bringing them in on this helicopter, don't make them climb down those rocks falling I all over know. themselves. It's I such know. a small thing, but it should have I been know. more epic of like, Oh, we didn't have to climb down that shit. No, they should they have to-
0: landed in the sand in yes. front of them. It, yes. You know, wind blowing in everybody's hair, just like at the start of heroes versus villains. Yes. You know, when the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. When the That's what I in. wanted. And it was like to see them like having to like, Scramble down the rocks was like. It was "Mm."
1: so cringy.
0: Yeah, it was a little embarrassing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so,
0: you know, Sandra gets there Andy is more excited than anybody else, I think, to see the Queen of Survivor uh, on Australian Survivor playing next to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite moment from the Sandra-Nina interaction was when JLP asked if Nina was going to let Sandra take the crown for a third time. And Nina's response was, I don't know about that. <laughs> Iconic. My favorite Sandra quote of all time. You say it from to me Heroes all the time. Villains. Love it. I <laughs> I literally say it all the time. That is not an exaggeration. Just in my daily life to people, it has seeped into my psyche in such a way that I say it at work.
1: You like, say it like I, daily.
0: I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, so Nina, Automatic. I don't want to say automatic winner pick because we're gonna do our winner picks at the end, but automatic winner pick. Okay.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> you know who else was excited? Sophie and KJ. They were yes, they were like hugging they were. overwhelmed. Yeah. That was exciting. I was a to little see. surprised by that. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So JLP then divides the loved ones up into tribes. It almost seemed like they weren't expecting that, but surely they were. Um most of them were. Did, yeah, they must have been. They He divides them up into tribes. Uh, we've got the red blood tribe and the blue water tribe. I don't know why JLP's going with red and blue when literally the words blood and water are on their buffs, but yeah, I'm going to let him do whatever he wants because <laughs> he spends a lot of time at the gym.
1: Oh, those biceps. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so
0: they go straight into a reward challenge from here, and the prize is a blazing campfire back at camp, flint, and some comfortable seating for your tush. And the players basically have to slip and slide down a huge slide, and then fight it out for a ring to get back to their tribe post. You know, classic Australian Survivor combat challenge, which we love. uh Though the confusing thing about this challenge to me was that it was the first to. Th- Three, I think, wins, mm-hmm. which is like I thought for the first challenge we would want to see every loved one go up against each other. Uh, but that was not the case. Um, I think that some highlights for me from this challenge were Croc versus Chrissy, <laughs> which like uh, they're just such a standout her. pair. He was sweet to her, but he was also a little mean.
1: Yeah, it, well, I mean, he let her have a I don't want to say that she couldn't have held her own in some capacity, compet- he, but he's a bon. He's a monster. Yeah. And there's, I there's was no like, he was, he was, you know, letting her pull him a little bit. And then <laughs> didn't.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's like Jonathan said he's playing with her. It was yes. like, it was like just tiring her out for no reason. Um, but I, but it almost fooled me watching it. I was like, is Chrissy going to take this? Like, how iconic will that? And then it was just over. Yeah. Um, but the other great one was, of course, Sandra and Nina delivering on this challenge. Again, Nina just like, Nina, I, I love Nina. She blows me away. And like, first of all, like they both reach the ring more or less at the same time. I'm very impressed with Sandra for that. The way mm-hmm. she just skid across that water. But then it's when she had that ring and Nina twisted her arm with it. Uh-huh. Did you see that? Yeah. And then and then Sandra's like, so of course Nina wins. And Sandra, there's this is like throwaway comment at the end where Sandra goes, oh, that thing got twisted in my arm. And Nina goes, yeah, I did it on I purpose. On purpose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, Nina. Now, when she was up on the platform and she said, queen, and did the mm-hmm. like, oh, and people can't see me. When she did the little crown with little her crown. fingers. I was so, it's like I have these very brief moments of being very nervous for her because she's like so confident. Mm. But then she really does dial it back down instantly afterwards. And I'm like, okay, she's actually fine. I love that she really has, she has a good balance with her personality. It's really nice to see. I was a little stressed, but she's kicking ass to me. Yeah, she is like quite unlike her
0: mother because she's a little bit not show but she's got a very outgoing personality where Sandra doesn't and never yeah. really has. I think people have an idea of Sandra as like a larger than life character, but she's not. The thing yeah. that is so lovable about Sandra is she's so normal and chill. And you even see like in all of these challenge settings, Sandra doesn't really speak up a whole lot. You know, she like, fades into the background and i think that's on purpose Mm -hmm. but uh nina is far more out there and that may be because she's younger it may be because she grew up with like a famous mother i don't know but there it's interesting as interesting as it is to see how they are alike i love to see how they're different and i think nina's really starting to set herself apart
1: yeah she's doing a fantastic job i won't get ahead of myself but i'm really i'm so thrilled for nina And her journey, whether, no matter what happens to her, she has made her own impact. And it's really nice to see.
0: Totally. So of course, Nina ends up winning that for the water tribe and they go back to camp. And uh, at both camps, the players just start introducing themselves. It's kind of like cute scenes of like, Hey, I'm, I'm Sean and I'm 36 and I do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, (laughs) Uh, that's me. (laughs)
1: i was like who's sean 36 (laughs) Uh,
0: but this is where we start to get our breakout star chrissy Uh, chrissy has a series of confessionals here where she says like my favorite line so far i think i don't like sand dirt and water and um it's almost giving me like the amount of confessionals and point of views we're getting from Chrissy is almost giving me George vibes, King George from last Mm. season. Um, It's like, and almost, it's a different personality, but it's also similar in the way that like, I have this very unique perspective, and not everybody is going to agree with it. But I am going to say it wholeheartedly. And like, it's so wackadoo that you can't help but like stare at it.
1: Yes, she has no, not that anything about her is shameful, but she has no shame. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, even in her intro package, when she's saying, I have more filler than, like, she's talking <laughs> about all of her Botox, and she's just like, what? what? Yeah. You don't have that? Whatever. If you don't, <laughs> she doesn't care. And I love yeah. it. I love that about her.
0: Yeah. Uh, we also, of course, get uh, some cute moments with Andy, uh, people making fun of him for uh, some of his past gameplay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then Mark, I want to talk about Mark, because uh, we get a nice intro to Mark here, and he's talking about sort of like, how he's going to be playing the game differently, and What I loved is that one of the first things he says strategy wise is that he wants to keep Nina on his side, which anybody who says that is already a friend of mine (laughs) and that he wants to work with Khan. And I'm like, that couldn't be better. Yeah. 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 Uh, And Mark is like, uh, Mark sort of came out in this episode as I think like a, a pretty good strategist. It feels to me in these first three episodes that Mark and Sam, have thought a lot about the way they want to play this game this time. Yes.
1: They they clearly were so distracted with each other, it blinded them from any strategy they could have had or would have had in their first season. Oh, I guess for people who are not aware, because we do need to acknowledge their history in some capacity, mm-hmm. Sam and Mark met in season two and fell in love on their tribe and were promptly voted out <laughs> like very in very close succession um and now they are married and have a little little boy together little precious baby mark,
0: mark and sam is australian for robin amber
1: yes yes <laughs> may and maybe one of them will win and they really will maybe. Be the mark and amber yeah but I love them. I, I really think they're putting a lot of effort in. It's hard to even talk about it because we're still on episode one and we haven't seen, we haven't talked about what they've done yet. But I'm I'm impressed by them.
0: Yeah, we're jumping around a little. That's my fault. <laughs> um, meanwhile, at the Blood Tribe, we're starting to get like a sense of what Sandra's up to. I feel like every time we see the Blood Tribe, we're sort of getting it from Sandra's point of view, more or less. And on one hand, that makes me very nervous because I'm like, maybe they're using her while they got her and it's not long. Or maybe it's just because she's like so iconic and you just, she's such a great storyteller and narrator that she's the natural, she's the Chrissy of her tribe. Yeah. You know?
1: I mean, it, um, it wouldn't it make sense not to use her, regardless yeah. of wh- when she goes, if she does. she's She's everything.
0: Yeah, totally. There's a cute moment here where someone is asking her like or someone's like oh, I'm such a big fan of Sandra. I can't remember who it was, and they're like, so like, how's Rupert in real life? And Sandra's <laughs> like, Rupert's real nice. <laughs> and it's so funny because like Sandra hates Rupert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but she has to just play nice.
0: Yeah, and she's doing it. She's doing it.
1: There was Oh, I guess that was over on the water tribe, the blue tribe. There was one funny moment with Brie, where she was asking, "Who was it, if they were single?" Oh my gosh! Yeah, one of the cousins. It was
0: Jordy? Jordy, Jordy.
1: She was yeah. like, "So what's her name?" Yeah. <laughs> like very <laughs> abruptly, or his. And I'm like. Bree, calm the hell down. Is that your Australian accent? No, I I went to a- So what's a name? No, I went to my New Yorker, and then I was like, (laughs) wait a minute, not US. And then I was like, I'm not going to fix this. (laughs) My default in the US is, oh my god, what's the name?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm making a pledge right here, and now I'm not going to do an Australian accent on this podcast.
1: Correct. I, I will not either. I will not be embarrassing myself. But yeah. I will do my New, my New Yorker woman occasionally. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: try to put an end to that. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, okay, wait. Somebody else I want to talk about on the Blood Tribe is iconic girl boss Sophie. Who oh my we God! We get an amazing clip package on. So basically, Sophie was a wag. Okay, and I know the term wag because I mean, we don't have the term wag in North America. But I know wag because I'm obsessed with British pop culture and it's wives and girlfriends usually of like footballers, right. Or professional athletes. I don't know sports. Um, (laughs) And there's like a certain culture that comes along with being a wag of like nightlife and dressing a certain way and becoming sort of like tabloid fodder. And uh, it's just, it it was like, it felt like a moment in time, I guess they still exist, but it felt like a specific moment in time. And like Sophie talks about how she, Was a wag. And I was like, oh, oh, this is the character we're getting.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. It's not.
0: (laughs) So she turns out that she has divorced her husband and has discovered her love of women.
1: When I tell you, I screamed. I screamed (laughs) at my laptop. I'm obsessed with her. She's everything. She's one of my winner picks. I know I'm ahead of myself, but I am obsessed with Sophie. Obsessed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She had this great quote in her confessional where she was talking about how she's loud and opinionated, but she's going to pull it back. And she was like, it's day two and
1: I haven't told anyone to get fucked yet. (laughs) You know, I am proud of her. They were trying to make that damn fire, and they couldn't. I, I'm i very proud of her. It's hard to hold your tongue sometimes. And she, oh, she's everything. I just love her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, one of the first big relationships we see form is over at the Water Tribe, where we see Shay and Brianna making a connection. And yeah. wow, what a chaotic duo we have here, because Shay finds a clue to a hidden immunity idol. Located at Tribal Council, sort of the um, Adam Klein Memorial Idol, we could call it.
1: <laughs> oh, poor baby with the fleur-de-lis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this one's gonna be real, and uh, and so she shares her clue with Brianna. But there's a complication because in the clue it says that there's another clue out there, so they could be competing. I really like this idea because usually there's one clue and that's it.
1: Yeah, uh, I, if phenomenal.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, because I, what do you do? Do you like and and I mean it's an extra added layer that it's at Tribal Council. But you know, even if it was just at camp, having two clues could make things really interesting because so often we see people like, I mean, look at, look at what you did on your season where it's like, okay, you knew where the idol was. I mean, you guys didn't open it, but you knew that there was an idol in a specific spot. And, you know, if, you know, imagining that like multiple different people wanted to go for it at the same time, it's like Mm -hmm. you, how do you do that? It just adds this whole other layer of like, Gutsiness that it requires.
1: Yeah, the the stress of at any point anyone else could do this. The, I mean, I, I wish you could see a timeline of how quickly Genie walked away from it. We, I mean, it was maybe five or ten minutes later we were back there because it, you just you can't sit around for hours and just wonder. And I thought it was mm-hmm. really it was funny to me that they defaulted to. Brianna and Shay defaulted to, we need to find the other clue. Because that honestly hadn't crossed my mind immediately. I was just, I was thinking, oh, they need to figure out how to get it first when they get there. Don't even focus on searching anymore. But they went to, oh, we need to search. I was immediately stressed for this duo, though, because it seemed, Brie instantly had weird vibes, in my opinion. And Shay... <laughs> When she found that clue, it was like, ah, oh, shit. Bree's here. <laughs> and I, I, I've i always been bothered when the person who doesn't find it in a duo says, we found the clue. We found the eye yeah. or And I'm like, you didn't find shit, Bree. <laughs> I like you a lot. But that is Shay's. Oh, I felt so bad for Shay because it looked like they could have organically formed an alliance, but it was just a forced one. It happened too quickly because of that damn clue.
0: Mm. Why do you think that, do you feel like Shay felt stuck with Brianna or that like, or that Brianna felt that Shay should be obligated to be her number one or something?
1: There was, it's this very subtle moment because I didn't have any, I thought they were just like being friendly with one another before the clue was found, I was like, oh look, they're forming a little something. But there was something in the way in Shay's confessional. She said, I had to show her. It was like Mm. this forced thing where I was like, oh, Shay actually wishes Brie had not seen that moment. Mm. And I I didn't catch that from their body language initially, but that confessional, just that usage of the word instead of the excitement of, oh, I showed it to Brie right away. It was gonna be this thing. I felt bad for Shay immediately. And maybe that's just my perception on it. And maybe it's incorrect, but that's my take on it.
0: That's a really good observation. I didn't catch that. And I think it sort of speaks to Brianna's overall story arc in the next episode and a half, Um, because we'll see this play out again in the next episode. Uh, But before we get there, Chrissy finds the other clue and it's just like <laughs> she, another iconic moment from Chrissy
1: such a train wreck she's like tripping over herself she has it sticking out of her boobs i mean just and giggling to herself and then just wanders away she yeah. like she doesn't read it to anybody nobody knows what's going on she's just like <laughs> i love that
0: she just has like no chill whatsoever and it's like like, you just don't see people play like this, and there's something to the fact that you know she says she has never seen Survivor before. Uh, I think she's exaggerating because she said then she says she has seen it, but like, well, the, the point is she's not familiar with the show, yeah. like, deeply familiar in the way that her partner, not partner, but her partner in the game, Croc, yeah. is because, um. You know, she says in her she says in her confessional, <laughs> "I know these are good. I'm not stupid." But she's like, <laughs> she's like, the clue says it's hidden at tribal council, so I don't know what that means because it's not where we're staying right now. This
1: is the tribe. <laughs> <laughs> she's such a mess. <laughs> now, this is this is me being nitpicky. I. I love Chrissy. I really do. But there is an element where I get frustrated, where it's like so many people would die for a chance to be on Survivor, and you couldn't take five hours to watch a couple episodes. Like, you couldn't couldn't do that. It frustrates me a little bit. I get it. I hear you. Um,
0: I hear you, but I disagree, because, like... I agree and I disagree because, you know, there was a period of time and I know that like Australian survivor is, is notorious for recruiting contestants. Right. And there was a period of time in the U S where it was like virtually all recruits with very few fans. And I hated that because it was like too many people like not knowing the ins and outs of the games, not having like advanced strategy Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and, uh, In Australia, somehow they've managed to, like, avoid that a little bit. Like, everybody seems to play really, really hard for whatever reason. And it's kind of, like, okay that people aren't super fans because they're still bringing a level of competition that is, like, so high that I can respect it. And so to see somebody like Chrissy, who's not even pretending to be aware of the concept of tribal council... (laughs) it's like kind of refreshing because I'm almost like maybe there's something new. Maybe, maybe she is going to reinvent the game. There could be something nobody has thought of that Chrissy is going to come in blind and just do. And like, I I mean, she hasn't done that thing yet, but I'm like, I feel like she has potential to do it. It makes me really excited.
1: I think it's just so complicated. I fully understand what you're saying. I mean, Watching the magic unfold of season one and them really having to figure it out for themselves is a beautiful, awesome, amazing thing. That's what makes the show iconic. And they had to come up with alliances and blindsides and all of these things in real time. I just think when we are now in this place of how many fans exist that want and like dream about playing this game for massive chunks of their lives... I think you, when there are resources available to you, you can do the bare minimum. I'm not saying even pretend you're a super fan, but you can at least know what Tribal Council is. <laughs> That's all. Watch two I know, episodes. I know, but
0: <laughs> if she doesn't even know what Tribal Council is, then oh. she doesn't know that anybody wants to play the game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, you know? she's so also great. like
0: i i i mean i feel for those people that are like watching her being like i would kill to be there and she doesn't like kind of give a crap and she's getting bitten by an ant and complaining about it but <laughs> at the same time i respect that it's a tv show and they're making the best tv show possible and i think they got an iconic casting yeah, choice did. here they did so you know it is what it is <laughs> Okay, let's go to the immunity challenge. Move this on. And the Tribes walk in and the water tribe already has an injury.
1: Oh my gosh, right? that came out of what nowhere. What happened here? He bent over and he pulled a muscle in his back.
0: Yeah, so this is Alex, <laughs> right? Like yes. what It's like on the walk here. Like am I to believe that they actually walked there? Was it the walk from the car to the challenge location? <laughs> like what happened here?
1: It was baffling. And I immediately, I immediately reverted back to my season of Abraham was the first vote out of 41. And he did not get an intro package. And I felt like you knew nothing about him and he was voted out. And I was like, oh, okay, he's first to go. We're not getting an intro. I've never even seen this little blonde boy. Okay, and he's gone. Like, it Mm -hmm. it would just seem like we're erasing this person from the canon of this season. I was yeah so like as confused. if as if
0: like why waste the time on him? Exactly. he's injured and he's just gonna, you know.
1: Yeah, my mind went such a path instantly when I saw him limping his little ass in.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he can't compete in the challenge. He sits out of the challenge, which then forces blood to sit out. Uh, some blood, I'm just calling them blood. The blood tribe, the red tribe, to sit somebody out. Uh, Kate chooses to sit out over mm-hmm. there. Uh, What did you think of this? Because like uh, the water tribe lost a strong young man Mm -hmm. and the red tribe was able to choose somebody to sit out and they picked, you know, like a less physical woman.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought a lot about this because. I always revert back to American Survivor and I can th- I can hear in my mind Jeff saying you need to f- set out one man one woman like to make certain instances fair I'm using air quotes for those who can't see me fair and even but then when I actually started doing way more looking back at random episodes and truly just looking at random challenges there is no real precedent of what the protocol is here. It's all over mm-hmm. the place. And so I was like, this is just very strange that I I can't actually pinpoint why they do it in certain challenges and why not in other ones. Because there's not even the consistency of in immunity challenges we make it even with sexes. They they don't do that consistently. It, it's just very, I, I don't really know what to say about it. I don't really have any thoughts. I think it's just an, you know... Therefore, Alex is fortunate to even be in the game anymore. Um, It's nobody else's fault on the other tribe that somebody has to sit out. And so they get a slight advantage by getting to choose somebody for them to not, you know, skip the challenge altogether. It just be an automatic loss. It could have easily been something like that. Oh, you don't have everybody to compete? Yeah. Fine. Then blood wins.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I like I think that I've always thought that the way that this is applied is that like if it is something that is combat based or something that like clearly a man would have a different uh advantage than a woman or vice versa in a specific challenge, like one on one or whatever, like the, the, that's when they would specify that a man has to sit out or a woman has to sit out. But, um, and then, if it's just like a group thing, then it can be anybody. Mm-hmm. Like that's been my impression. so, but it just yeah, it was like very convenient for Red to be able to sit out, Kate here. not that I not that I think that Kate is like totally incapable of doing it, but, you know, like we we see Kate struggle with some of the uh really physical challenges in uh, the future episodes. So it's just kind of like maybe a little bit lucky for them,
1: you know, I will say. Australian Survivor has really upped the game with just showing how fucking strong women are. Like, they mm-hmm. do not underedit them. They give them all the credit that they absolutely deserve. The physicality of all the contestants in the seasons that we watch has been unreal and just not what we're used to in the US. And I think what's... I, I guess this... It's funny how structured we are with survivor because it's like we start with this many women and this many men it's it's so forced and it's been so forced for so long that it's funny that we're even bringing this up right now when the first challenge was Croc against chrissy like they already you know they're already just like doing physical shit with whomever and they're really breaking the mold i think it's it speaks even more that they couldn't really split up by sex anymore. You know, who, what was their name? Phil. Phil, the first person who's non binary from season six, Brains Brawn of AU. Um, like, what? They're not allowed to sit out of any challenge if they did pinpoint mm-hmm. it has to be a man or a woman. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of uh, breaking the mold and it's really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's talk about the challenge. Actually, we don't have to talk about the challenge. I mean, it's just, you know, one of those physical obstacle course challenges. Uh, The blue tribe falls behind. The red tribe wins pretty easily.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, we are sending water to tribal council. So back at the water tribe, we are starting to see some strategy unfold. And Andy is targeting Alex. He wants to play it safe. I mean, I thought this was interesting from Andy's perspective. I think it makes sense that he's like, you know, it's early in the game. I don't need to do anything crazy. I'm going to play it safe. Alex has an injury. Like, we can all agree on this. It's better for the tribe. And, like, we don't need to be, like, making huge moves on the first uh cycle of this game right yeah
1: and yet like i mean is alex (laughs) like is alex not the right vote to make this round he absolutely is because if you've pulled anything you're so much more susceptible to it happening over and over and over again which we will actually see in episode i think three of this particular week Mm -hmm. um Alex is doing whatever. (laughs) I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because there's so much content here. But yeah, it would make sense. And you would think that Andy being in this position of, you know what? I'm not creating any waves. I'm literally saying what everyone is thinking. And yet somehow it's not what everyone's thinking. It's pretty wild. I think it's a little, it is a little bit strange. And I would go so far as to say, was this necessary? for anyone to go against Alex and put themselves in jeopardy. And I'm speaking to Bree and I'm speaking to Nina. Now it worked out for Nina. and made Nina look like a boss at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, immediately after Andy says, you know, we should go for Alex. This makes the most sense. Bree's like, I want Chrissy out. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Bree, why, why would you go against the majority of the tribe? Just because you want Chrissy gone out of I truthfully
0: don't under I do not understand this Chrissy Brianna feud I don't know where it came from like all the all that I'm basing this on is the fact that each of them have a clue to a hidden immunity idol I, I was wondering like why don't they know each other have it why don't they come together and be like Hey, why don't we work together and we can like guarantee that this can be used in a way that's advantageous to both of us and that it doesn't have to become this weird thing. And like they can pull Shay in or Shay has it, sorry. See, Brianna takes such ownership over it that I'm like in my mind, it's Brianna's clue. Yeah. Uh, But Shay could bring Brianna into a thing with Chrissy and it's like, like, is it a personality clash? I don't know. I don't think that we really got any insight into what the problem is there.
1: And, you know, because they, at the challenge, they were right next to each other. The challenge right before this, where, I mean, water did awful in this challenge, but there's Mm. a moment where Brie yells at Chrissy, or not yells in, like, a mean way, but, like, come on, don't give up, let's keep going, like, trying to encourage her, and Chrissy... It looks like everybody is struggling, so I don't know why there's hyper-focus on Chrissy. Um, Mm. But they happen to be standing right next to each other, and it rubbed Bree the wrong way. And I guess the idle clue on top of it, she was over it. She was not Team Chrissy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just seemed Uh, like a pointless thing to... Come on, you, Bree, you and Shay are already kind of on the outs. Why even try and pull some big-ass move right now? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know that Brianna thinks she's on the outs at this time because, see, we see her throwing Chrissy's name out to, uh, I wrote this down, to <laughs> Nina, Jordy, and Khan with Shay there. And so I think that Brianna thinks she's got an alliance
1: on her hands. Oh, maybe it's me just being aware enough to know that she doesn't, because Khan has Chrissy's back, (laughs) and Nina wants none of that business.
0: (laughs) And Nina don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, And this is where we get the emergence of Princess Nina.
1: Oh my god, everything. Who,
0: this is, oh, I love this. She pulls Mark aside, and she makes one of my favorite survivor moves of all time, which is the influencing someone to verbalize the plan that you have in mind so that they believe it's their plan
1: absolutely
0: and she pulled it off flawlessly
1: like so flawlessly that after mark said andy's name she's like oh so you want to vote out andy (laughs) she like says in a questioning tone of oh shoot
0: and oh. then she sort of leads herself to like, oh yeah, I don't know about Andy, like yeah I do, and it's just so well done. And then the way Jordy sort of like comes in on their conversation, and then she's like, oh no, Jordy, you're you're here at the exact right time. We were just having this discussion. Like Mark she, said, no, this. nobody is being told what to do. Nobody's being, you know, like it's just so so good and and i don't even think that it reflects badly on mark i actually think mark's in a great position Mm -hmm. as a result of this and i love to see them working together and i think like just the the i feel like the the awareness that nina has of of people and i think even though mark is not aware i think of what nina's doing to him in this moment i think he has like demonstrated a certain level of social awareness Mm -hmm. of other people that i think like together they could be very strong
1: absolutely they he he didn't seem turned off by anything that was going on and he then immediately went and led the charge and felt confident because he felt backed up by nina (laughs) in his idea it's phenomenal gameplay nina did and
0: then we saw nina go like pull in like one after another uh i mean we saw jordy mel kj and Khan. And still have time to make Andy feel super comfortable about voting for Alex, not only voting for Alex, but like doing this split vote between um, Alex and Chrissy. Mm. A- and so, and Andy feels like, I think, that he's pulling off a move, that he's pulling off this great split vote between two people he wants out when, um, you know, he's telling this to Nina, who's looking him dead ass in the eye, knowing <laughs> she's voting his ass out. <laughs> it's brilliant.
1: So good. and. I was a little I was a little stressed, and I think it's unfair that I was stressed for Nina. Um, but I'm just hyper-focused on her. I'm gonna be hyper-focused on her and Sandra for their time in the game, I think. But I was like, oh Nina, she's talking to so many people. Oh, this is dangerous. But the more I reflect on it, it's like you don't sit as somebody who is there you don't just sit there and not talk to people you have to talk to every single person even if you're not giving out an idea so it actually is very realistic and organic for her to speak to every single person before tribal whether she's Mm -hmm. trying to pull something or not and so i'm just overthinking her gameplay i need to just trust in her process she clearly knows what she's doing at least at this point um and i'm very proud of her
0: yeah yeah so going into tribal, Brianna and Shay's big plan is to get the idol hidden at tribal council in Jonathan's podium and to play it for Alex. And ultimately uh they don't even vote for Chrissy, right? So we'll talk about why, but the, the plan is just in tatters by the end of tribal. <laughs> so let's go to tribal. So shortly after taking their seats, Shay Gets up and makes a run for Jonathan's podium. (laughs) Chrissy is hot on her tail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's so awkward.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because Brianna, right, like shoves out her arm to stop
1: Chrissy from. Getting past. Like
0: presumably getting past, but it's like she just knocked her arm out of the way. Like
1: everything about it was confusing.
0: Why is Brianna <laughs> shouting instructions to Shay? Instead like, of getting like, it on herself. the front of the podium. Like she could have got up too.
1: Yes. she. So there's this like moment because um, Shay clearly does not realize where it is, which why would you even stand up if you didn't see the damn idol? That was a fail on Shay's part, but she goes for it. Bree clearly sees that she's going behind the podium and she does this weird maneuver where she takes two big steps, puts out her arm to stop Chrissy and shouts of where it is, but then, like, I see this moment where her chest kind of pops back where she's like trying to stop herself from getting it herself as if she doesn't think she's allowed to. Maybe they were under the impression that you can only go for it if you have the clue. Maybe there was some kind of rule that we don't know about since clearly there was another rule that was not shown in this episode that the idol yeah, has we should to-
0: talk about that.
1: Yeah. yes, that the idol has to be played this tribal council which they did not include this in any confessional at all this episode
0: which was a little messed up i think
1: yeah a little bit strange because they made it seem like this extraordinary move by getting chrissy to flush it which was not at all the case yeah all this to say chrissy got it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah of course chrissy got it so after chrissy has the idol uh it's sort of like i don't know if it changes the vote but like Essentially it warns everybody against voting for her. Whether or not she was going to get votes, I believe that she was going to get votes, at least from um Brianna and Shay, but she ends up getting none and plays her idol. And it makes her like look a little bit like a dodo because you know, it looks like she wasted the idol. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it wasn't the case. Not they at could all. have told
1: us that it was a one
0: time idol.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've seen that before.
0: Yeah. And then I have to wonder, is there a similar idol for the Blood Tribe or not? Is that just a one-time first tribal of the season idol? Because I was looking to see if the idol was on the podium uh, when the Blood Tribe eventually goes to tribal, but I didn't
1: see it. But it doesn't mean it's not there. So I have a little bit of insight. Um, I can't recall the names of who found it. I believe Sophie was one of them. Um, but on the, what's tribe on the blood tribe, there were two exact same clues that were found before the immunity challenge by two contestants on that tribe. And it was only valid if you went to the first tribal council at the first tribal council.
0: Oh, Ricard. Do you have a source in Australia?
1: Um, somebody just posted on their story after the episode. (laughs) It was just an Instagram. (laughs) Look, they are different in Australia. Those people are posting everything. They have pictures, pictures of them at Ponderosa already. Like, they are saying it all. No spoilers. It's lawless out there. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I mean, people are talking on podcasts. They're going on news stations. Um... Yeah, like they seem to be under a lot less tight of a leash, or shorter or a longer leash than in the U.S. <laughs> I don't know how to say this phrase. <laughs> they have more freedom. Um, they're not giving out any spoilers, but I did see that two people did find. I wish I could remember their names, but I just. Oh, cannot. that's so interesting. Okay, so it was a one time. It was it was a one off mm-hmm. thing.
0: Interesting. Wow, I would have loved to have seen who uh, got those clues, and like whether then there was any discussion about like, well, who got it, who got the idol on the other tribe. You know, like it would have been interesting to see that. But I'm not going to argue for longer episodes. I just am saying it would have been interesting to see. Yes. <laughs> So, okay, in the first blind side of the season, I really don't think he saw this coming. Andy is sent home with nine votes. Kind of sad to see Andy go. Almost not, like... It's sad for Andy. I'm not, like, sad to lose Andy necessarily, but I felt really sad for Kate.
1: Oh, heartbroken for her immediately. Because I
0: don't know why, because it's not even like they really gave us that much about Andy and Kate, but I just, like, felt so much hope for Kate that I was like, I, I just felt like her dreams were going to be really shattered that Andy was out of the game. And that was where the emotion of this vote was for me.
1: I will say, I think there's a lot of influence with social media and watching this season because Andy put out a statement um, before the episode aired saying, you know, his dream was to see Kate's dream come to fruition and to um, participate in the season for the bigger fan of the two of them, Kate, to have her dream come true and be on Survivor. And so, having that in mind, I was like, "Oh, they have such a beautiful sibling ship. You know, they're tight. They're they love each other." And then to see him be voted out so quickly, I I thought of that that moment, that me reading it and hearing, "Oh, she she is such a big fan of this show." but maybe this will light some fire under her to really kick ass and go far. Yeah, I had a lot of hope for her and I actually thought she would have an easy path forward by not being known as a duo and being known as less of a threat.
0: Well, traditionally, that has worked out in blood versus water seasons in the U.S. that uh, if you lose your partner early on, you kind of become a free agent. And it can be an advantage in certain situations. I mean, people go really far who lose a loved one uh, early in the season. So um, hello, hmm. Twinny from San Juan yeah. del Sur. Twinnies. <laughs> it's, uh, not going to work out for Kate here, but uh, we'll <laughs> no. get to that. <laughs> okay, let's jump into episode two. Oh, maybe speed this up a little. Yep. Let's jump into episode two. Shay is channeling Henry and leading a yoga session on uh, the Water Tribe beach. Another iconic Chrissy moment here because she's <laughs> she's talking about wow, like you know Shay is such a great uh, yogi and she's so flexible. She can stand on one toe. I can't even stand on two legs. <laughs>
1: Chrissy is so great, and no season would be complete without a yoga moment. I actually, I even have a scene of teaching yoga in the beginning of my season to Ua. They don't, they don't show it as being yoga. We're just all stretching, and I'm stretching next to Shan. But I was leading a yoga class. Everybody does it. It's like wow. your rite of passage.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and Nina talks about how much she's learned from her mom about camp life and building shelter, cut to the shelter falling apart. <laughs> uh, this made me nervous. Don't do Nina like this. Yeah. I don't like this at all. Because I was like, oh, now Nina's getting the dodo edit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second I heard that crack. And then when she, they they zoom in on this moment where there's like a big rock and this teeny tiny little twig leg standing on the rock yeah i think i hear nina say at some point like oh yeah that looks secure i was like oh no yeah Yeah. oh no (laughs)
0: totally i was like what okay what do we have going on here because this isn't gonna hold
1: (laughs) one gust of wind
0: So, Chrissy and Brianna are still butting heads after the previous night's Tribal Council. Neither seems willing to move past it. I still don't understand the problem, but now there's, like, drama involved. So, Chaos Chrissy has to come out. Again, I need to say, like, I'm to believe this woman has never watched Survivor. Or has watched a handful of episodes.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Did she come up with Chaos Chrissy on her own, or is it a reference
1: um, to Ms. Chaos, Chaos Cass? Cass? I truly think, probably in her real life, she's been called Chaos Chrissy at some point. <laughs> I, 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 I in no way think that she made that reference. Um, I don't think she was intending to be iconic. I really think that's probably something... Someone has said to her in her lifetime. It's just a
0: nickname. Yeah,
1: I really think so. I mean, she refers to herself. It's messy. She's all over the place. Like it, it makes that sense. is true. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of fun to see this fire burning in Chrissy now from the previous Tribal Council, where Bree threw her under the bus and said she wasn't pulling her mm-hmm. weight at the challenge. She should be the one that goes home. Like she blatantly said it to Chrissy's face, prompting her to use the idol that had to be used anyway. But yeah, it's kind of fun to see this ongoing little rivalry. And I kind of wondered how long we would get it.
0: I want to see Chaos Chrissy so badly. I feel like <laughs> if she's you know h- half as chaotic as Cass, I feel like she already has been half as chaotic as Cass, but it's going to be iconic. I just like, I want Chrissy to stay around for so long and I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just want her to be there forever.
1: We'll see. But that's
0: why it's giving like george vibes it very much is because it's like it's like every episode it's like wow this person is going home and then they just don't mm-hmm. and i think that could be chrissy's journey it might be okay let's go to the reward challenge we are cage fighting
1: oh <laughs> yeah like
0: they just can't get enough of the combat challenges Yes. Okay, so two members from each tribe are facing off in a rope cage in this challenge, and the first one that's able to climb out of the cage and retrieve a flag will win a point for their tribe. Uh, They're playing for a fishing kit and comfort items. So this Mm -hmm. is where we have like two separate things uh, that they could win here. So it's a brutal challenge as usual, but what we really need to talk about when we talk about this challenge is... The budding showmance between Mark and Khan, so which has come out of nowhere for me, and oh, I had butterflies in my stomach.
1: I absolutely adored this scene where Khan is being... Actually, I honestly think Mark is the one who initiated this particular interaction of saying to Sam, his wife, on the other platform, this is my boyfriend. That's my wife. Yeah. This is my boyfriend. And that was not an Australian <laughs> accent. That was just a weird voice I made. <laughs> yeah. And then they talk about spooning, and Sam chimes yeah. in saying, I hope Mark gave you a spoon. Or like It was so cute. I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is everything I want. I've
0: never been more jealous in my life because Mark (laughs) is my number one
1: crush. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he's my number two crush. Emmett is my number one crush. Oh, we
1: know. Actually, nobody knows who Emmett is if you haven't seen past seasons.
0: (laughs) From Brains vs. Brawn. Emmett is my number one crush. Mark is my number two crush.
1: Um, if you okay. need a reference, anybody from Brains Brawn, he, Emmett, is the one who wore the, would you call it, like, highlighter yellow this underwear? Lime. Lime? Like, lime, very like Like, fluorescent. Cross, uh
0: like, biking shorts,
1: almost. Yeah, very tight. See very every crease. Tight. And he had yeah. good abs. Love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really love, I love this, I, this challenge ends pretty quickly, um, and I love to see that there is a choice. Sorry, I'm leading the way I'm stealing yeah, it from you. I love please, to see please. that when the water tribe, <laughs> it's so hard with these names. Cause I'm just thinking colors and words when the water tribe wins, they get the choice of, will they keep the fishing gear and comfort or will they give one of the two items of their choice to their loved ones, which I think is really, I like that. I think it's a little classy thing they can throw in. Yeah.
0: And they did give it to them.
1: Yes, they gave them Um, comfort.
0: They gave them the comfort items, which I was like, wondering, is that a little risky? Because in Australian Survivor, we're always finding clues in the rewards themselves, whether Mm -hmm. that's going to a place or like getting an item. And I sort of wondered, like, is what if there's a clue and it's only in the comfort items? What if it's rolled up in a pillow? Like, that's a more likely place for it to be than in fishing gear. Yeah but I don't think that really came to any fruition. Yeah, I
1: don't think either one of them had clues, although Brie sure tried her best to find a clue in that tackle box.
0: God, Brie, like, chill for one minute.
1: She went hog on the tackle box looking for (laughs) a clue. Like, I'm picturing her down, like, her ass on the ground like a crab. Like, (laughs) scooping her little hands into every little crease of that box. (laughs) And this is where I got really like, who the hell is this Chrissy lady? Because Chrissy all of a sudden was like, she's looking for something. She was so aware when talking. Who was she talking to, Khan? I think so. Yeah, her and Khan have this little budding relationship. And she was so aware of the fact that Chrissy was looking for some kind of advantage clue. And it was like really amazing to see Chrissy be so aware in this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just okay, chaos Chrissy. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the whole tribe is like talking about how aggressively Brianna's playing the game straight out of the gate and it's turning everybody off. Over at the Blood Tribe, before we get to the immunity challenge, Kate is sort of reeling from Andy's elimination. She says that not having a loved one left in the game makes her an easy target. Again, I disagree with that. I think that, like, actually it can open up your options pretty nicely. But she's obviously very hurt by the fact that Andy is gone. Um, We get a lengthy intro package that I want to talk about from Sam talking about all of the lessons that she learned from her first time out on season two of Australian Survivor. And she says she wants to pay more attention to other people and observe people more and not focus so much on her own paranoia. And this was interesting because it just, it led to a broader conversation about paranoia in the game. And people were asking, I think Kroc asked Sandra like, hey, when does the paranoia set in? And Sandra was like, look, it's like, depends on the person in the situation. Um, and there was just a lot of chat about paranoia. And I thought it was really interesting that like the edit shows to present us, like, this conversation, uh, sort of insinuating that paranoia is about to set in, which we will see it set in for the Blood Tribe in the next episode, Mm -hmm. and that Sam is rising above that, yeah, right? And that she has learned a lesson about that that these others have not yet learned. Um, And I just think, like, I mean, we'll talk about Sam probably uh, more as we get into episode three, but I just think she's being set up really nicely uh with her edit and just you know the observations she's making
1: yeah i honestly as somebody who i'm really into edgic uh i don't know are you into edgic do we ever talk about this sean um i'm not been, a not nah. bit i, I I'm, I'm into edits um and so for those who don't know what edgic is it's basically this calculation this calculated system of understanding your edit in a in every single episode and your amount of confessionals and how likely it is you will win based on the edit that you were given and the way they make you look in this edit. It's not just, oh, I was in the edit a lot. It's where you perceived um, as a dodo. Were you given a good edit where you were in the know? Were you chaotic? Were you under the radar? Were you invisible? And so I honestly, I haven't really sat down and done the edgic for each person or looked at anybody else's charts. But I feel like Sam has one of the best edits for a potential winner. In my like, in just you know, glossing over the episodes without going in deep. I, I think she has a yeah. great, great edit.
0: Yeah, I think it's looking really, really good for her. It's re- it's always hard to make that kind of call pre merge, especially in Australia, and I find that they really focus on some people who it's it's a really tight mislead where they focus on some people that make you feel like they could go the long haul and it's really just to like got you that they're actually going pre-merge or like right at the merge or something Mm -hmm. um and i hope it's not that because i really am enjoying sam this season
1: yeah i've always felt like if you get a good showing in the first couple episodes and then if you disappear a little bit and come back when it makes sense, you're going to be great. If you're consistently a big character every episode, i don't I think they're just using you mm. for the amount of screen time they can get. And mm. oh, it's a bummer because I want to bring up past Australian winners. Um, but I won't, but yeah, I, I'm thinking of specifically season four, yeah, their winner, how great yeah. the first episode was for that winner. And then they kind of you know they were in the background <laughs> a bit. And then all of a sudden emerge as this fucking beast.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, Okay, let's go to the immunity challenge. Uh, The tribes are dragging a series of barrels through an obstacle course and then rolling those barrels into poles to knock vessels off the poles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Straightforward obstacle course, more or less. Uh, despite the water tribe leading, they miss most of their targets on the first try, and Blood manages to beat them out for the win, sending Water back to Tribal for the second time in a row. Unfortunate.
1: There's something Chrissy, important here I do want to bring up. Oh yeah, please. Alex participates in this challenge. Alex is yes, back. Alex
0: is feeling better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he does have a moment. I forget if it's this challenge or the next episode. Where he is clearly wincing in pain, but he's pushing through, which I think is like they didn't need to show this very very brief moment, and they didn't really talk about it. But I was like, "Ooh, I bet that injury's coming back in the future." It's just a little a little tiny mm. thing, but he was participating, and I think it was with the barrels. He like bends over and he like stands up, looking like he hurts.
0: Ah, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean it can't
1: be good. Oh no, it
0: can't be good for his back.
1: <laughs> Those damn barrels in that chain. There were so many. No, it's not good.
0: How old is Alex? Do we know?
1: Oh, he, uh, let me see. I, I actually, got,
0: I've got a chart here. He's twenty six. He's twenty six. Alex,
1: th- th- like,
0: take care of your back.
1: <laughs> Get it together.
0: <laughs> I'm ten years older than you. And I can tell you, it's only getting worse.
1: Oh, my back hurt. I was so scared going out there because <laughs> I have, I pulled a muscle in my back when I was twenty two. And I re-pull that same muscle over and over again. I was terrified, but I got lucky. Didn't happen.
0: Injuries never go away. Nope. Okay. So back at camp, uh, Chrissy has wrangled the votes that she needs against Brianna. There is uh, some current concern though that Brianna could have an idol. And so people are a little like, it's, might be too easy let's keep an eye on brianna brianna's on the defensive and talks to everyone about voting out chrissy she's really trying to get numbers against chrissy it's just this head to head battle that will not give up and um no one's really giving much to brianna and so i think she can like feel that it's not working out for her so she and shay go idol hunting and (laughs) Uh, once again Brianna kind of like misses out on what Shay finds Shay finds an idol hidden really high up in a tree she finds that she gets this pole to get it down like was this pole just on the ground ready for whoever found it it seemed too easy
1: yes it very much reminded me I mean I swear there has been another pole moment where it was a key there was like a Oh my god! What season is this?
0: Yeah, Ko Rong, Thai.
1: Yeah, they had to push the the thing up the hole. Whatever. (laughs) This sounds ridiculous because I can't find the words. But yeah, and Angelina with the ladder. You know, they they'll put things. Yeah, but see,
0: in those situations, it was like the the tool that you use to get the idol was elsewhere. Was hidden. Yeah, this like the ladder was Yeah, this was just like a pole on the ground
1: (laughs) that was painted blue. Yeah. <laughs> it was very obvious. and Bree being I'm sorry, Bree, you did not do well. She sees her girl getting this idol, and she yells to these random other people that she does not feel secure with. I think she found the idol and chases yeah. after her and all the oh my God,
0: I know. It was like, I kind of like it was it was really messy, but I really loved it because it was like, in some ways, I think that the location of the idol was designed to sort of have everybody find out who had it mm-hmm. in a way, although it was like kind of out of the way. what had They just all happened to be over in that area, and then you really can't use that poll without being seen. Did Brianna need to draw everyone's attention to it? No, but I think they would have seen it anyway. Yeah. And like, maybe, like, maybe if I'm trying to give Brianna some credit here, she could have been, she could have wanted everybody to know that she was protected with an idol potentially, Mm. right? Like maybe this was a last ditch effort. I could see uh, that. Instead of having to play the idol to be like, I'm safe. My number one has an idol, like (laughs) time to come up with, plan B
1: yeah until she tried to snatch that idol from Shay
0: <laughs> well this is what was really great was like Khan got over there and we had this great confessional from Khan or where he's like you know I'm a Scorpio we're the most manipulative star <laughs> sign there is and he was like I'm gonna get because Shay is gonna this idol's gonna drop from this pole and if Brianna picks it up I think the insinuation was if Brianna picks it up, I don't believe she's going to give it to Shay and Brianna will just have an idol. Mm -hmm. So I need to be the one to get it. And then he gets it and he hands it to Shay, which is like, I think doing two things at once, it's eliminating the idol going into Brianna's hands. And it's like a display of trust to Shay, who like, I don't know what her relationship is like with Khan. And so I like, I think it's like potentially a long term move for him that that could really work out.
1: I thought it was great. I miss I think I misread it or they were trying to mislead me. I thought he was saying he was going to keep the idol by picking it up first. Like, that's what I heard. Or that's what I was perceiving this. And I was like, damn, you're just gonna take it? (laughs) But him handing it to her actually caught me off guard. I was like, damn, you're really good at this. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) I was very proud of Khan. I really enjoy Khan. And there was this little throwaway moment earlier in the episode where Chrissy, the same episode, I think, where Chrissy says, it's an unspoken thing. There are no words between us, but Khan has my back. And then Khan, you see him like taking a bug off of her shoulder. Yeah. And I'm like, Khan is setting himself up so well. With like Chrissy and now with Shay and getting rid of Brianna. (laughs) And I I,
0: earlier in this episode, Mark said he wants to work with Khan as Mm -hmm. well. And of course, like the boyfriend thing. Um, What makes me nervous is that at the beginning of this episode, Nina said, I don't know about Khan. I feel like I know about everybody and I don't know about Khan. Yeah. And that makes me really nervous, especially because, like, uh, sort of like as we move forward, I think Mark also makes another comment that he's like, it might be in episode three that he's like, I'm with Khan and I'm with Nina. I want to keep them both close. And then Khan is close with all the girls. So that, like, really helps my numbers. Mm-hmm. So I'm really nervous about a potential conflict between Nina and Khan in the future if they are truly in this alliance together and Nina is unsure about him. Yep.
1: They didn't need to include that that that's yeah. the most fun thing for me to look at from the outside now as a past player, like what scenes do not need to be in this edit because they are they spend so much time trying to create this story, and there are so many things it's like that didn't need screen time they could have fit in yeah. anything else that actually was applicable. Why that so I love yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about, yeah.
0: So Khan uh, uses this moment after handing the idol to Shay to try to get Shay to flip on Brianna so that she doesn't use her idol to save her. And uh, there is a a great moment from Nina here. It's like blink and you miss it. It's kind of happening in the background. But Nina says to Shay, while Khan's there trying to like, talk her into like here's why you should not play your idol for Brianna Nina says she's your number one ally and she would have taken that idol
1: uh huh I forgot about that
0: yeah mm. I thought that that was really good because it, like Nina had such a good first episode and then she really faded into the background in this episode and had that weird moment with Khan at the beginning that we just talked about and so was starting to get a little nervous about her but seeing that as like I don't think they were like showing us that as like this is this is the point of the scene. It was just something in the background. And I was like, good for you, Nina. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, that is such a great thing to say. Because I don't think, I don't know that Shay saw that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Nina also has a certain, I mean, Nina talks exactly like her mother. And so she has a delivery that is very matter of fact and also like endearing. And I think that like her saying it might be different than somebody else saying it, but... I thought that was a great moment for Nina.
1: It was. It's so easy to do what Khan did and Khan didn't do anything wrong, but to be like, oh, you're not going to use that on her. Just tell her what to do or suggest. But for her to manipulate Shay's mind and be like, dang, your friend would do that to you? It just, uh, it just cuts so much deeper. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, Nina, we love you.
0: Okay, let's go to tribal council. Mm-hmm. Brianna says she's confident in her plan and that she <laughs> trusts the people she's spoken to. And then she swings her head around to stare at Shay. Shay is not making eye contact. It's so uncomfortable, <laughs> the whole thing. Um, so, like, presumably her whole plan... It's, it's confusing because, like, it feels like her whole plan is resting on Shay playing the idol. Mm-hmm but then like as the conversation continues and Chrissy starts talking then Brianna starts getting like uncomfortable and then and then she says like well I was confident but now I'm not confident I'm like I don't know what plan Brianna thought was in place like I, I did she really think she had people must have told her yeah we'll vote for Chrissy like please leave us alone
1: yeah you know? I, that must be the case it, it was very it was very unclear what the actual plan was but she was certain that her girl Shay had her back. And Shay actually doesn't have a very good poker face, at least from what the edit's showing us. So it's pretty shocking for me to believe that Brie thought that Shay was going to play it for her because Shay looks so genuinely uncomfortable. Mm. She's like, oh, don't look at me.
0: So the tribe votes... And Shay does not play her idol. And all but two votes are put on Brianna. This is where things get interesting. Because, okay, Brianna's gone. The tribe has spoken. Yes. Brianna voted for Chrissy, but Mark also voted for Chrissy. So confused. Now, something I want to raise, of course we're getting our head of, ahead of ourselves, but mark cast a stray vote for chrissy in episode three we are going to see sam cast a stray vote for sandra Mm -hmm. i almost wonder whether they had like whether they discussed this voting strategy yeah i I don't know what the strategy is i don't know if it's like idle insurance i don't know if it's like I could pin this on somebody. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the motivation is. And especially with this one, it's like, if it was idol insurance, it would be because Shay was playing her idol for Brianna, which means Shay would have also voted for Chrissy. So Mark's vote wouldn't have mattered. Mm -hmm. You know? So like, I don't know.
1: Do they discuss this? Do they discuss this at all in episode three, Mark's intention? No. I I just remember I rewound the credits to see who the second vote was and I was just I still just can't wrap my head around it. And I have no I think he must have
0: a it. great reason and I just don't know what it is.
1: And if he But the thing is, maybe he did have a great reason, but it still wouldn't add up unless you have somebody in mind that you want to take down. Uh, I, so
0: like what if what if he what if he wants to say what if he knew Shay was voting for Brianna, but he wanted to tell everyone that Shay still voted for Chrissy?
1: Maybe, but like-
0: She's got an idol and she's like a threat.
1: Maybe. I could see but it. But it's, it's a risky move. It There's no, you don't know them well enough to know if Shay's gonna turn and actually end up using the idol and then that's gonna shoot you in the foot because then where's this other Chrissy vote come from? Like, it yeah. just actually doesn't seem like a solid plan. Maybe we'll hear more in the future. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. RIP
0: Brianna, a chaotic queen. May she forever be rollerblading
1: in rainbow gear.
0: <laughs> her little <laughs> intro
1: package of like, eh. <laughs> It was very like 7-Eleven from Beyonce. But yeah, rainbows. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you know what? Brianna is going to continue to make waves in this show because her exit is going to be felt in episode three. So let's jump into that one khan wants to work with mark over on the water tribe we're just seeing this relationship develop more and more and this is where mark says that he would be a great ally because he's already connected to so many of the women on the tribe so we're just i think we're getting this like solidified alliance of some sort of like i'm certainly seeing mark khan and nina and I don't know who else would be like tight in that alliance because they're all sort of like voting together, but it seems like they've gone out of their way to show us those three working closely together.
1: Yes. And I feel like they've gone out of the way to show Khan being like almost in on everything, but having the slightest missteps. I think this was a misstep for Khan. He could have easily approached Mark and, you know, been like, look at nobody would realize we're so tight. Like. We should have each other's back. But instead, he went too hard, in my opinion, and was like, we're going to have the secret alliance. No one's going to know. We're going to pretend we don't talk to each other. I'm going to have my secret alliance. You're going to have mm-hmm. your se-. Like, he did too much extra on top of just offering up this idea of being under the radar because of how different of people they are. And it made Mark suspicious in his confessional mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, he's really smart. Got to- Keep an eye on him, and I just think that yeah. was a a misstep that the show made sure to show us in the edit of Con mm. being a little too bright.
0: It's also almost too late because they very publicly come out as boyfriends. I know, you know, like <laughs> the, we're spooning. Like, um, how mm. are we going to like pretend we're not that close?
1: Yeah, I'm always, I'm almost curious if that scene actually took place earlier and they just put mm. it in episode three because that sometimes yeah, happens. Maybe.
0: Let's go over to the Blood Tribe. We're getting a lot of Sandra POV here, as per usual. Uh, She notes, she's got some great lines here. Uh, She talks about how the Australians like to play a friendly game and to have fun. And she says that she's the total opposite.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say the quote. She calls herself a dirty American. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to let you say it. I love that. I almost tweeted it. Like I literally, and then I was like, "No, because people on Twitter get so mad, they're gonna say I hate America or something." <laughs> I just, I'm not. It's gonna, gonna be
0: your Ariana Grande licking the. donut.
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. But when she said, "I'm just some dirty American," I was like, "I love you, Sandra." <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Sandra is talking about how it's Brianna's dream to come out and play Survivor. So if Brianna is the one that was voted off, then. Uh, uh Dave, like Dave doesn't know anything about the game and she's going to push towards Dave getting voted out if Brianna's also gone. Again, we're seeing this like idea that if you lose your loved one, then you become vulnerable, which I like, I just don't think that that's the right way to play blood versus water. But yeah. Hey, I'm not out there. I don't know.
1: I think we're getting a it's lot It's just like of-
0: why why target Dave? If if Dave doesn't know the show and doesn't know the game and his partner who does is gone, use him. Drag him along and use him.
1: Yeah. Well, what's really funny about it is I feel like we are getting confirmation of how David is through Sandra's um confessionals. She's like, you know, he he's gonna make a whole bunch of mistakes because he doesn't know the game, and we see him making mistakes. And then mm. he's he's the one who's telling people that I, I think he actually says it in episode two. Whoever's missing, they're gonna be like the one to look out for, their partner, because they're gonna be angry. And I'm like. This doesn't make sense to want to get that person out, like you just said. But he's Mm -hmm. the one who is like starting that narration. And now here we are, his loved one's gone, and we're just seeing – sorry, I'm just kind of rambling on. But I I think it's funny that he has all these opinions that he thinks are really good opinions on – who to take out next and motivations for taking out people. And Sandra's over here in confessional saying he doesn't know the game. And it's true. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah. read the game very well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And then meanwhile, we see the first time Dave uh, throws out Sandra's name at the water. Well, with a whole bunch of people, Sophie, uh, Jesse, Sam, and Amy, this will be, the story of the episode. So let's go to the reward <laughs> challenge. They are retrieving sandbags from a dock, building a pyramid with those sandbags and then lighting a flare. Um, the reward is being able to choose items from a storage cabinet <laughs> to make camp life better so some stuff like tools, toiletries, fishing gear, etc. Michelle and Sandra are sitting out from the blood tribe. And it's a brutal challenge, yeah. like truly brutal challenge. I thought like Australian Survivor loves sandbags. I don't know if you noticed this, but they're constantly throwing sandbags. They're collecting sandbags. It's like they are the puzzle pieces of U.S. Survivor <laughs> sandbags. But these were not the normal sandbags. These were gigantic, and like people were really struggling.
1: Oh my god! Even the small sandbags, once they're wet, are unbelievably heavy. It made me nauseous watching this challenge. Just thinking about the exhaustion and the nausea you would feel having to heave that shit up and over because they had to like go over the beam and under the beam. Mm-hmm. No.
0: And I was thinking about Alex. I was like, Alex is back. Oh. And he had a moment, did he not? Where they were like, "Oh, Alex." Yes. He was like hanging over the beam.
1: (laughs) Alex had a moment and uh, Kate had a moment.
0: Tell me about Kate's moment.
1: So I don't want it to, I don't want outside of the game knowledge to interfere with the edit so much. But Kate's moment was she was struggling, at least from what we saw, to get the sandbag to the very end. She looked pretty rough and you could see some like banged up portions of her torso. And we see Sam actually like, Double team with her to bring this last sandbag.
0: Yeah, now
1: I don't want this to affect the vote out or whatnot, but we find out from Kate after she's voted out of this episode um, that she broke two ribs doing this challenge. She fell, that's wild. Yeah, so that's how physical it was. She cracked two ribs, I guess that's how it was phrased. Painful yeah. and still wild. continued on kicking ass. Yeah, good yeah. on you, Kate.
0: This was a great example of like showing the strength of women in a try. It was like Kate was struggling, but like, look, Sam helped her. I mean, look, she had cracked ribs. Okay. <laughs> of course she was struggling. But like... The women were holding their own in this like incredibly brutal challenge. And they didn't have JLP going like
1: Heather in last place. I know, I know. <laughs> and oh, and then Sandra sat out of this one. We finally got the yeah. Sandra sit out bench.
0: Well, this is interesting because Sandra, I, I like, we haven't mentioned this. Sandra has pointedly not sat out. So proud of And her. I think she has to not sit out because- australian survivor is so physical the challenges are crazy brutal physical challenges and she's known as the sit out bench queen Mm -hmm. and she specifically said i think in her intro package or or a preseason interview that she had to come in playing a little bit of a different game and that she was going to throw herself into the physicality of the game and she's done it has she like been the most physical player of all time. No, but like, I'm so proud to see Sandra that, like, when the tribe turns around to decide who they're going to sit out, she doesn't open her mouth. Yep. She, it's not even like, well, if you need me to sit out, I'll sit out. She's just not sitting out.
1: I'm very proud of her. And what episode one for that uh, reward challenge, like you said, only three teams could have to go potentially. Mm-hmm. And her and Nina volunteered. I mean, Nina volunteered yeah. for her, but they did yeah, it yeah. and she gave it her all. <laughs> She didn't win, but she was not I have to wonder
0: play. if they were contractually obliged to play that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they get a little bonus. Every time yeah. she does a challenge, <laughs> she gets a five thousand dollar bonus.
0: <laughs> yeah. And every time she posts a tweet about the shower and Instagram posts. <laughs> 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 it's fine. I con.
1: could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: she knows how to make money. I'll give her that. Yeah.
1: I'm proud of, I'm proud of Sandra. I really am. And I don't yeah. want that to ever come off condescending the way sometimes. Other people have said, it can come off condescending how Jeff can point out, oh, look at them, never given up. But I'm proud of Sandra for getting out of her comfort zone that she's made very clear is uncomfortable for her to do these physical challenges.
0: Yeah. This was a brutal one to watch, though. And, uh, like, seeing Sam excel, like, so I didn't know Sam was an endurance athlete. Mm -hmm. Like, that's- so crazy and she did so well and like also just watching Mark carry the (laughs) sandbags was fun too
1: (laughs) your obsession with him is so cute (laughs) Uh,
0: blood wins Yes, And they must choose one person to go shop for items. So the reward cabinet, I guess, is not on site. I didn't realize this. So it's a journey they have to make and pick something. They, they get to pick three items out of the cabinet and they nominate Sandra to go do it. And I was like holy shit, Sandra's going to get an idol. Because like, obviously, if you're going to pick from a bunch of items in a place where people can't see you, there is going to be an idol or at least a clue. And I can't believe they nominated Sandra. This is the best news ever. And then JLP says, are you sure about that?
1: (laughs) And then they (laughs) change their mind and let Dave go. Now, what's interesting here for me, I think it's silly strategy to let Sandra go on cuz i mean obviously this totally. going to be a thing but but i think sandra could have pulled out her good words and made a pretty valid argument of if we need supplies that are going to let us live long term i have the fucking knowledge I have the awareness to know what we need and what is just crap that we don't need, which we very quickly saw with the stupid ass choices David made of nuts and beef jerky. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck was that? (laughs) Like, I, it really, I'm swearing, like, it makes me mad that they sent somebody who knew the game the least from what we're seeing, at least to pick out items for longevity
0: Hey, if Dave knew this game, he'd know it. Uh, it does not pay to have beef jerky in the outback.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> a little throwback Easter egg.
0: <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so they they send Dave, but there's a twist. Dave gets to pick somebody from the Water Tribe to come shopping with him, and he picks Khan. Yeah. So Khan and Dave go on this little journey. And of course, uh, they immediately find out there's no searching. The idols are uh, just (laughs) sitting on a hook on the cabinet.
1: Uh, I guess
0: they were just like ready for Sandra to take. (laughs) Uh, And uh, there's two idols that form a super idol. So we have a super idol here, it's two halves of one idol. Each half acts as a normal hidden immunity idol, and brought together, they form a super idol, which can be played after the votes are read.
1: Yep. What a flop that was, because that shit was used quick. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So now Khan and Dave each have half of a super idol, not for long. And Khan asks Dave if he'll give him an item from their reward that he can bring back to camp to hide that he has this idol because it's like, obviously, we're getting something. And if I return empty-handed, they're going to know I have an idol. And Dave says no. So Dave's playing this game real well at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think it should just give him the beef jerky. You know, like... (laughs) It, 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 the whole point is that you both survived to the merge with your idols intact so why would you just send him on his merry way with, with no a protection. total target on his back yeah ridiculous but i don't think he was thinking long term i mean I, I shouldn't like talk shit about him he played his idol and it saved him so like <laughs> you know whatever
1: but he had to play they, his idol because he poorly played the game so, I think it's that's great to true talk shit about that's true. That's <laughs> true.
0: Ollie will be interested to see because, as they uh were leaving the reward area, they developed a code, a secret code with one another to signal to each other if they had used their hidden immunity idols or their halves of the super idol, and their code was that they will take off their hat at the next challenge. Mm-hmm. so I better see Dave's hat coming off, or uh, I'm gonna be pissed so. <laughs> Khan returns to camp and immediately reveals his idol, which was this the right move?
1: Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this. A lot of conflicting thoughts. I think it's an okay move. I think it would have been fair in this situate, this particular situation for him to say, "Look, this is what could have happened. He could have given me one of the items." and kept two for himself, but he was so furious at us voting out his daughter that he said, fuck you. And I think it would have been actually valid in this blood versus water kind of season for him to come back with nothing because of a you know a vengeful parent that lost mm-hmm. their kid. I think that's kind of fair. Um, but what he could have done was use the knowledge of what he does have. Like he could have told that he had an idol and say that it's a super idol, that, or, I don't know, say that if he had split yeah. it up and then brought it back together, then it would be a super idol, but instead he kept a single person's idol. Like, he could have done something. He could have spun a story. But since he did choose to tell that he had the idol and that David also had one, I think he could have gone a step further and been like, and we have a secret code. And so this could be our, this could be our idol. And I could pretend I used it at the next tribal and make him think we don't have it. He could have done something where it's like we trick them into thinking we don't even have an idol over here on the water tribe to really show like some look what we're doing as a team. But instead, he's just like, I have this idol and I'm not going to tell you my secret code. I don't know. I think he could have done something a little bit more fun with
0: it yeah yeah and he didn't talk he didn't talk about the super idol i think it's smart to not talk about the super idol because like you know that's a big target it would be like we have to flush this idol Mm -hmm. um and he did a good job of that and he talked about holding only you know because the idol is in half he held the the half that was missing and so nobody saw that it was missing yeah um but i really like your idea of signaling wrongfully that they have used the idol so that they have a secret idol yeah that's brilliant
1: it i i think the only reason that came to mind is when I, I know i keep talking about 41 but when shan and i were entering the merge everybody knew she had an idol and i had made the suggestion of we need to pretend that i voted for you shan and you use the mm-hmm. idol and we're safe and Jeannie went out instead so we don't look like a duo And nobody knows you have the idol. But she didn't do it. She wouldn't do it. Like, she wouldn't go along with this fake story, which would have been flawless. (laughs) Like, I I, I don't know why. So,
0: I would have gone along with it, Ricardo. I
1: know. So, instead, we went into it as a duo and she had an idol. (laughs) It didn't make sense. Anywho, that's my story. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) We don't need to relitigate Shan's exit. Just kidding. Uh, Okay, over at the Blood Tribe, Dave tells an elaborate story about thinking he found an idol, (laughs) but it was actually turned out to be soap, and says he couldn't find an advantage at all, and like Khan probably found it. It was so elaborate. You know, when like you can tell somebody's lying to you and they're like, they're putting too many details in? Like, there's like, well, the soap was wrapped up in a paper and like got string, and then it was fell on the floor, and there was some grass on the floor by my foot, which I was wearing my shoe. And, mm-hmm. and you know, then their just, hair like, was blowing in the wind details. when they were yeah. on the
1: boat. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I've heard something like this before <laughs> too many details. <laughs>
0: it's uh it's just wild and so sandra wasn't buying it at all and she was like i'm still targeting him okay (laughs) (laughs) like that we're seeing two polar opposite reactions to obtaining the super idol right we're seeing con come right out with it and we're seeing dave tell the worst lie i've ever seen
1: you know you know what's really hard for me in, in U.S. Survivor, I feel confident that Jeff will not out anything. He will not give you any information on any advantage, on any idol, on any journey, on any trek. He, you answer. You make up your own journey. You make up your own answers. And he's like, "Tell me about that." With Jonathan, he's like specifically saying at the challenge, the next challenge. Oh, so did he give you anything? Like. What if you had made up a story where there wasn't even like, it's just funny that Jonathan can out you so easily. He outed Sandra as a two-time winner. Um, You know, I just think you can't really trust what will or will not Jonathan bring up. And I've noticed that in previous, like, oh, Tribal was wild last time, huh, Harry? You know, he outs you.
0: Yeah, he does.
1: Little trickier thing to navigate.
0: That's true. Uh, the did he give you anything definitely took me aback. And then I remembered Khan's story about like, well, oh, he didn't give me any items. But like, yeah, what if you hadn't said anything about getting items or that it was even allowed? Or like, yeah, why even? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, it uh, yeah. actually I thought they were going to change Sandra's tune a little bit and show Sandra being like, oh, shit, his story was true. He could have given him something. I thought that's where the direction was going of. Well, Dave actually was telling the truth. <laughs> but Sandra still didn't trust his ass. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, I don't know that
0: Jonathan outed Sandra as a time winner. I don't think that there's like any outing to be had there.
1: Somebody thought she was Oprah. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a little outing, a baby outing. <laughs> Everyone he would have out. He could have, have just out. outed her
0: as not Oprah. So.
1: The fans could have outed her. Jonathan didn't technically need to. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Potato, potato, something, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Spoilers. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they go to the immunity challenge and they're doing a surprise, surprise, an obstacle course. We've got chopping, we've got bridges, we've got chests, and we've got a word puzzle. Love this. So, Blood sits out, Kate and Jay. Okay. There's just really one thing I want to mention here, and it's Mark and Croc chopping the wooden pillars with an axe. Never have I wanted to be a wooden pillar more in my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That, they, oh my god, they were going to town. And I think, I think this is the perfect time to really point out that Jonathan is a gay icon. He knows exactly what the gays want. He gives the gays all the thirst traps. (laughs) He knows how to tweet to the gays. Because I know you saw the one tweet about Croc. But Mm -hmm. I think you muted Jonathan and you didn't see his other one, his other tweet.
0: Yeah, I see. I have Jonathan muted, not because I don't love him, because I absolutely am in love with him and his biceps. And (laughs) I just can't have spoilers on my timeline.
1: I know, I know. But one of his tweets was Croc just whacking away at his log. Follow-up tweet cousins josh and jordan or jordy are they josh and jordy josh and jordy punishing their logs (laughs) with the face of like "Mm," like i'm in pain but i'm naughty face with the swirly oh my god no he knows exactly what he's doing I don't know if anybody else follows Jonathan on uh, Instagram, but he posted a video last week of him falling on his bike. He like ran into a Jeep while filming himself. Pretty bad fall. And I made a comment of, "I what did you hurt the Jeep? And he responded with, I was too concerned taking care of my pretty face or something like that. And then a winky face. Jonathan knows the gay's thirst for him. And I absolutely adore him. I, I love Jonathan so much. And thank you for the thirst traps. Please continue to post them. Yeah,
0: continue, continue.
1: <laughs> it's like Jonathan
0: just, you know, watching Jonathan in challenges, it's like, I know it's hot out there. But, like, I'm thinking back to just because I just watched season two. It's like, I'm sure it was hot. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it was hot out. <laughs> but, like, I would see these challenges going on where they're like, it's it's not like. I mean, it's a physical challenge, and the contestants look normal. Their clothing (laughs) looks normal. Their skin looks normal. (laughs) Cut to Jonathan having a wet t-shirt contest. (laughs) He is covered in sweat. His biceps are glistening. His shirt is stuck to his abs (laughs) and his pecs. Like, what's going on here, Jonathan?
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. He is soaking wet all the damn ever since you pointed that out it's all i can see and it's funny there's actually this line right down the center of his shirt i know the one it I know stays the one. dry because his like abs are sunken in there so the shirt's not even touching <laughs> amazing
0: uh, i'm getting too worked out I know. okay <laughs> Uh Yeah, yeah. Jonathan was hot. Mark was hot. Croc was hot. Everybody was hot in this challenge. Uh, water pulls ahead in the puzzle very easily and wins. And with that, Sandra is in self-preservation mode. She literally says her, uh, her mantra, anyone but me. Mm-hmm. And we're going into the chaotic strategy at the Blood Tribe pre-tribal council. It really kicks off with Dave suggesting splitting the votes between Kate and Sandra with Sandra as the primary target. And Sandra, meanwhile, is wanting to align herself with the alpha males. And she's talking to Ben, Mm
1: -hmm. who
0: is Shay's partner, right? So Ben just like... I love him because he is the first one to say, like, look, Sandra, Dave is throwing your name out. He has this whole plan. There's a split vote going on. And that's enough for Sandra to double down on Dave.
1: Love Ben. Love Ben.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was like a very, look, anybody who's going to try to protect Sandra in any way, shape or form is an ally because it's just, I, I, I try to put myself in their shoes you're a newbie player and Sandra Diaz twine shows up. Of course, there's an element of like, we need to get her out, but do we really need to get her out? I mean, like I would be on the spectrum of like between get her out and keep her. I would be on the spectrum of like, I'll sacrifice my game to let Sandra win a third time because it would be so iconic. (laughs) I know not everybody's there yet, but that's where I am. But like, you know, in between, it's like, look, Sandra's greatest strategy, she's loyal to her allies. I think people forget that about Sandra. She is a very loyal ally, and she's smart, and she's done this before. She comes with experience, and she's the least physical threat you will ever come across. So- uh, <laughs> Sam said during this strategy session that there will be few opportunities to get Sandra out. This is the one thing that Sam did this episode that I was like, no, Sam, you're wrong. There are going to be tons of opportunities to get Sandra out. In fact, every time Sandra goes to tribal will be an opportunity to get Sandra out. Sandra is not a notorious hidden immunity idol queen. Sandra is not an immunity challenge winner you can get Sandra out whenever you want.
1: Yes, it that is one of my biggest pet peeves, especially at the beginning of the game. And it's, it you always see it. It's like the first two episodes of any season of any franchise. Oh, I don't I think if we don't get this person out, we're never going to get a chance. It's like, "Oh, you got 15 more tribal councils. You have so many chances. Stop saying you have to do it right now." And what I really appreciate about Ben specifically The way he talks about Sandra, he's not saying, oh, I want to keep her around as a shield. He's saying, I can learn from her. His specific quote is, she can teach me. And I'm just like, yes, Ben. Like, that is the way you want to do this. It's one thing when you have to navigate this game with all new people and you're all figuring it out and on the same level playing field. But when you have the best in the business that can genuinely teach you all the things you don't realize to even think about out there. I love that he appreciates that. And he doesn't want to just use her as a shield. He really wants to get her knowledge and have her back. I think Ben Ben is one of my favorites. I really, really love him. And Michelle is in this conversation too. Michelle was in the water with Sandra mm. and um, Ben. And Michelle was already one of my top picks before from just the intro packages, which I want to bring up. Now, right
0: she's there. the one. is it because she's the one who said she would cut her sister in, in her favorite game?
1: Yes, she's one of the twins. Who her yeah. sister is the bigger fan of the show. Right. Um, she works with youth. Michelle works with youth and reads body language and re like she's all about physicality, reading facial expressions, body language. Which, as she was speaking, I was like, "Oh, this is my intro package from my season." Oh, interesting. Did she just quote <laughs> me? And I immediately was like, "She's one of my winner picks," which we'll get to. But. I love that she's a part of the Sandra-Bin little trio going on yeah. over there. Yeah.
0: And now, I will hand it to Sam. I think I think Sam's coming from a place that is very smart, which is that she's, she's concerned that sending Dave home, which is now the competing plan, right? It's either Sandra or Dave. Like, that's what's going on here uh, with Kate as, like, the contingency on the Sandra vote. So uh, the, the primary targets are Sandra, Dave, Kate, backup, right? Sam is concerned that if they blindside Dave and send him home, that it's going to create a faction in the tribe that would be unlike a faction created from sending Sandra home. Because Dave, I think what she's getting at is that Dave had this plan set up, right? Dave had sorted people into you're voting for Sandra, we're voting for Kate, this is all going to work. We're basically allied with each other. Where Sandra, we haven't really seen like make a solid alliance. We we started to see it after that plan was put in place that Dave that Dave put in place when Ben came to her, but we hadn't seen her, you know, make any promises to anybody or and have anybody approach her and say, I want to work with you in this game. Mm-hmm where Dave had done that. And so Sam's point was, if we send Dave home, it's not just Dave going home. We're pissing off all these people who were going to vote with Dave to keep Sandra, who doesn't really have that necessarily. Yes. So I thought that that was like a very astute observation from Sam.
1: Yeah. I, oh, Sam, I just love her. I, lo- I love so many people in this game. I I'm shocked at how many winner picks I have. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. There's too there's too many people to pick from. I know. Uh, now though, it's getting a little complicated because Dave is starting to get suspicious because he's seeing conversations happen that he's not involved in yes. right before tribal.
1: Specifically, Sam is talking to oh god, who was she talking to? She was whispering to somebody. And was it
0: when she was talking to
1: Jesse? maybe and it's like she's not even saying anything bad she's just like oh yeah you know we're doing this
0: oh yeah when they're all like there's this weird scene where they're all like around the campfire they're all around camp and just like whispering to each other in front of each other yeah yeah it
1: was very pizza party-esque um pizza under the stars yeah just side by side whispering talking about strategy and sam was just having a conversation (laughs) but dave read into it and got very feisty At Tribal Council because of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we'll go to Tribal. There's a lot of talk about keeping the tribe strong. And Kate's alarm bells are going off because she's concerned that she hasn't been a part of any plans and she's considered not strong. Mm -hmm. Um, So Kate's suddenly concerned. And then Sam comes out and says, well, there were a lot of different plans going around today. And that makes Sandra nervous because Sandra says, well, I only heard two plans. So suddenly if there's a lot of plans, what am I missing out on? Mm-hmm. And then Dave calls out Sam. <laughs> Dave calls out Sam, who Sam had literally had, I mean, she said this. She's like, I had your back all day. Like the pl- like the plans that were going on, I was trying to get them back to your original plan. But Dave calls out Sam saying she was a social butterfly and talking to people all day long. <sighs> and
1: oof. Now, it's a tricky spot for Sam to be in because- I will say if if you are my closest person, I'm gonna pretend that Sam is Dave's like favorite person. I'll just say that. And if that's like my number one and I've heard no plans from her of anybody else, and she's all of a sudden saying there are a whole bunch of plans when she should be coming back and telling me, I would be suspicious. Now it is tricky though cuz Sam could very easily be like hey you know some people are throwing out your name and make him so paranoid just knowing his demeanor that mm. it could make it could blow everything up. So it's really there is no right way to go about it for Sam. Yeah. Except for not saying there were too many plans. She didn't need to say that comment. I, I yeah. I
0: Yeah, but, I felt like I don't know why she said that. Was it to make kate feel more comfortable and if so was that necessary i don't know yeah
1: sometimes there i know survivors about lying but sometimes there are unnecessary lies and unnecessary fibs and unnecessary redirection and i i just don't think that was necessary i think that was the misstep
0: what is juicy dave
1: i don't know where the fuck that came from (laughs) (laughs) he's not thick He's there's nothing juicy. Does he run a juice store? Does he run a store?
0: Um, maybe I sense. don't know what he does.
1: Because I, you know, I do. I can visualize his daughter like coming out of a, a door underneath of his arm, and he wraps his arm around her. And it's like I it's think a store. that was their
0: house. I think it was a house. Do you have
1: French doors entering your house. I don't know how Australia works. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh juicy dave i don't know hopefully we get more on that uh, i don't need because uh, i don't know what that was about but then okay so sam kicks off a live tribal and uh seemingly to change the vote to dave because she has had enough of juicy dave and her thirst is quenched she's done <laughs> uh so she literally goes to every single person i thought it was interesting like i didn't write down everybody's Uh, expression when she was talking to them, but there were some people she talked to, like specifically Amy seemed to want nothing to do with the live tribal. She almost ignored Sam while Sam was whispering in her ear, which I thought was interesting where others were like super engaged. Anyways, it was like a little bit of a messy moment from Sam, but I also loved it.
1: That's funny that you point out that Amy moment, because I specifically remember... Her leaning down to say something to Amy and then backing up and not saying a word. And I was like, Is it because Sandra's right there and you want to go around and whisper out of Sandra's reach? But then she didn't actually go back and whisper to her. And I, I just was like, Oh, is this because of Sandra? Why didn't she whisper to Amy? Mm. I I that moment did stand out. I just don't yeah. I don't have a opinion of why. Yeah. yeah. It was
0: weird. Well, there's a lot from this tribal I don't quite understand because let's get to the votes. Uh, so, so they vote. Dave, of course, plays his half of the super idol, which I don't understand why they didn't anticipate that he had that.
1: Oh, my God. After going to that damn In this pile-on
0: vote. It's, yeah, seemed like a real misstep from everybody involved.
1: It really must have just been, like, the fluster of possibly Sam going to everybody and just saying vote for him vote for him vote for him cuz she was pissed off and they weren't even thinking about what had happened earlier in the day cuz I don't think Dave was really the plan I just don't think he was for the majority yeah. of the people that voted for him
0: it's confusing and uh he does play his half of the idol. maybe they're also maybe they're trying to flush the
1: idol I it's I I don't know
0: it's a big risk though if you don't know that idol exists I don't know. Anyways, Dave gets eight votes, which are nullified because of his idol. Three votes go on Kate, and she is eliminated. But there is one stray vote on Sandra, and that stray vote was cast by Sam. Yes. What the hell?
1: Okay, so (laughs) now I, I want this to just be a recap episode, but I do have insight if you're willing to let me share. on this vote out and like what just took place. So, the plan going into tribal, according to Kate, Andy's little sister, was that she had asked to be voted out because of her broken ribs. She was going to go to the hospital before tribal council took place, but she wanted to see tribal council. So she... (laughs) so cute oh i love her so fine. her and
0: chrissy both
1: <laughs> I, love, I love i am so heartbroken for kate like
0: i'm really sad to lose kate and it, i'm so sad like it's no and that bullshit
1: she, <laughs> i love i absolutely loved her and i and, and, and
0: her exit from
1: tribal council saying kate is off to ksc <laughs> i just love her and so i think Uh, who knows if that was actually like a very clear thing that she wanted to leave because of the pain, but it seemed like everybody from what I gathered from what I've read was, you know, similar to what you would expect to happen with Alex voting out the injured person. It seemed like that's the way it was going to go. Mm -hmm. And so maybe even with this idea of an idol being in place, they knew that there were going to be votes on Kate. And so if he, if he didn't, this is what I would do. If he didn't play an idol, then he's out of the game. And then Kate also leaves the game because of her injury. Yeah. And then two people are out, which, yeah.
0: It's a two for one. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I originally realized that earlier today. I don't, But yeah, that makes the most sense. And if he does play the idol, Kate still goes to get the medical attention that she needs. And that, that makes sense in that scenario. Um, but back to the stray vote with Sam... Mm -hmm. Sam just being a trickster, I assume... I, yeah or,
0: like again it comes back to the like it's the same as the mark vote for chrissy it's like is this a contingency is this insurance but surely she knew that kate was going to get some votes so like i don't was she concerned that she now had a target on her back because she just kicked off this live tribal and that like maybe people were going to still stick with the sandra plan? like it there's just so many variables in the air that i'm like how is that the name you landed on
1: i bet we're going to get something next episode on this vote because if she went around and laid down the groundwork for everybody to vote out david she ran that plan and for her to be the one that votes incorrectly just doesn't make sense she has something up her sleeve Yeah.
0: yeah by no means do i think it was an incorrect vote yeah Incorrect in terms of the person didn't go home, yes, but I I think intentionally incorrect, and I want to know why. She's playing 5D chess, and I can't figure it
1: out. I mean, she specifically said to the camera, you're not going home. I hope David's the one that goes home. (laughs) Like, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. We just don't know the intention yet. Sam, tell us. Tell us everything. (laughs)
0: Oh. I can't wait. I can't wait to find it out. okay that brings us to the end of three episodes. Wow, okay that's a lot uh I want to get some high level thoughts from you, Ricard. do you have a winner pick here and now
1: i have I have like a final four. I don't think all uh, no, no no I don't think I'm gonna give you two no, no, I'm gonna okay, give you here, two here I have, you only have two I have my four favorites and then I have a number one winner pick.
0: So you have a final five.
1: No, no, no. (laughs) Can I just say my favorites
0: personality-wise?
1: And just like, (laughs) I absolutely love Khan. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: love Ben. Chrissy, you have a place in my heart, but not like game-wise. Sophie, Michelle. Those are like Mm. who I think have the most promise based on edit and personality. And you know I love you, Nina. And you know, I love you, Sam.
0: Hmm.
1: No, yeah, Sam's in there too. Sam, I'm putting Sam in there too. Sam's probably going to be second place. <laughs> Ricard, Ricard, who's winning? I think Amy is winning. Really? Yeah. There, here's the thing Amy has had, we are getting a lot of very small emotional moments from Amy. We're seeing her being involved in little things that aren't necessary. I'm seeing little clips that we don't need to see. Today's episode, we saw Amy crying over Dave, um, his daughter leaving, and it was like the sweet moment. Uh, mm. They showed us that moment of her not participating with Sam for some reason, which stood out to me, and I thought it was strange. Um, I-, I don't know, I just, I have this vibe from Amy that she is going to make it to the end. I just feel it. I don't know why. And if it's not Amy, then I could absolutely see it being Sam. Hmm. But A- I don't know. It's funny. It just, Amy is so under the radar, but still so visible on my screen. And we have clearly seen some past Australian seasons where there are people that are under, like, invisible. But they're like straight up invisible. We don't see them on the screen. Yeah, literally, they talk, and we're like, "I've never seen this human being in my life." I've seen yeah. Amy a lot, but I haven't heard Just her say Michelle. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I, I do want Michelle to go far too.
0: I was talking about Michelle from season two when she showed up, and you were
1: like, "Who is she?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. I I didn't want to like. Say past players. I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, I no, know, Michelle, know, who the hell was she when she actually specifically her first like um her first confessional was as long as it's not my name, and I'm like, who what's your name? I've never heard your name, Michelle.
0: <laughs> you better be careful because Michelle's like a fan favorite.
1: I you know what? She her oh god damn it. Her exit. Oh, I won't spoil it. Okay.
0: But. Yeah, this isn't a season two recap. I know. Um, I think it's so tricky to pick a winner. Not to say that I'm not going to, but, you know, like on season 41, I picked JD to win and look how that turned out. <laughs> That's just your fault. <laughs> <laughs> In some ways, it's your fault. <laughs> so, you know what? Just based on these three episodes and... Trying not to take the edit so much into account. I think that Nina has a genuine, real, strong shot at the win. Mm -hmm. I also think Sam has got an incredible edit. I think Mark's in an incredible position. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Something like draws me to KJ and Sophie as a duo that they're like unassuming in a way Mm. Uh, but I just haven't really like had an opportunity to see much from KJ or Sophie, to be honest. I- I'm like s- talking through this in real time. You know what? I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm picking Nina as my winner.
1: Okay. And I could see
0: it. I was. I've been. I've been very impressed with her. Both when she is front and center and when she is in the background. Uh, obviously, she has a target on her back going into the game, which. Has not been an issue whatsoever for her uh, up to this point. And I just think she's like in a very good position with this little alliance she's in.
1: I could oh, it's just there's so many good options. And it's like i want I want it to be Nina. But I just in the back of my mind, I'm like, how could they possibly let Nina win? Like it just seems so yeah. outlandish because of unfortunately, her heritage like her her legacy. Yeah. But if she was not Sandra's daughter and I was just seeing like Nina out of nowhere Nina, she would I think she would be like one of my top 2 picks.
0: You know what would have been really cool now that you're saying that. It's like imagine if imagine if the duo was not Sandra and Nina, it was like Nina and Sandra's other daughter, like the two daughters mm-hmm. and they didn't tell them that they were Diaz-Twine. Yeah. They were just so and so and so and so. Like, how cool would that? Like, that would have been really cool because then there's no target, (laughs) and then we could see them play.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, But I think I think regardless, I think Nina's can definitely hold her own. But there's so many people, and there's so many twists and turns to come. (laughs) I mean, we've got a preview for next episode uh, with a brand new twist that's going to break the game wide open.
1: Uh, We'll see. I don't need any more twists. It's
0: been, it's been pretty idle heavy so far. Um, it hasn't been like a big deterrent for me again. I I find myself just like more lenient on Australian survivor towards twists and advantages, um, so I'm just sort of like more accepting. I'm just taking it as it comes. Um, uh, and, uh, I'm having a great time. Like, like, how are you enjoying the show?
1: I genuinely am just having fun watching it. I think the yeah. intro sucks. I don't like the intro clips they used. I really <laughs> don't like it. I, d-
0: Hey, at least they're not using that alternative theme.
1: Oh my God. I did not. It's not that the song isn't pretty that they use as an alt in what was that season two In season two. It was just very out of nowhere. Um, it's just there's something iconic about the song. <laughs> and just, yeah. I just don't like switching it up, but I just don't like the clips they chose. I don't think they yeah. I don't think the timing's right, specifically Chrissy's moment in the intro. I don't think it's timed right with the beat. I'm getting real picky here, <laughs> but I don't like it. Rewatch the intro and you tell me if Chrissy's little moment with her two scenes makes any sense with the music. It doesn't. Yeah, write I, I don't. Down.
0: Think, I don't think that the intros have ever been like that. I, like Australian Survivor does a lot of things really great, and I don't. I can't really think of an intro that was like outstanding.
1: I I know, but I want it to be. Can
0: I do talk about something that I do love though? Yes, the torches.
1: <gasps> they are good, and they seem all ever so slightly different from each other.
0: They're all different. Yeah, because
1: one of them has like a bike chain around it, and then I was like, wait, that one doesn't have a bike chain. That one has like paper they're oh, beautiful very. they look like they're from Pier one imports very <laughs> they're very very beautiful i i love the torches yeah. and i love yeah. like a. they've straight... come a long way they've come a long way from the tin can i hate that tin can i'm so negative <laughs> i do not like any torch with a tin can at the top <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not good it's not a good look Mm-mm. um is there anybody that you are feeling is not longed for this game <laughs>
1: Mm.
0: predictions for next week who's going home oh, uh, if you had to pick one or two people
1: honestly I hadn't even thought about it I would say going home I could see Jesse going home because he got a little bit of screen time but not a lot and I could see sadly Ben going home huh I could see it
0: like why you think because of his relationship with Sandra yeah.
1: I think they're gonna mm. do something where they're like well let's keep Sandra around but this weaken her because they love saying that. <laughs> hmm.
0: See, uh, that's interesting, because I'm more concerned for Shay, Ben's partner in the game. I think that Shay had a pretty tight thing with Brianna, and that may have like prevented her from getting close with other people. And even when like Khan and Nina brought her into the plan, it felt a little bit like she wasn't in, and they needed her in. And now she has this idol, so that automatically puts a target on her back.
1: See, I think that's what keeps. I think that keeps her safe. The fact that they are gonna be like, "Oh, she relies on us because she has no one else. She'll just be a number for us, a guaranteed mm, number." Okay, and I could see her sticking around a little bit longer because of that. I don't think she has the relationships to make it very far as of now, but everything can change on a dime. um mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think the fact that she has no one. Means that she can make it a little bit further. You know who else made it to the end with an idol? Mr. Xander. He didn't have nobody. <laughs> so you know That's true. he had me. Yeah. Oh, I love you, Xander. Hope you're doing well, babies, <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. so much to look forward to next week. This has been a very long podcast. Yes. Uh, I think this is a drop your buffs record, actually. Woo. believe it or not. We were getting into so. our group for
1: like for episode one. That went a little bit longer than it needed to. You know, we're getting yeah. into this. This yeah. is
0: new. Oh, we're figuring it out. I've never, We've never recapped three episodes in a row. So like that's a lot of content. Uh, they could chill a little bit, but <laughs> I do enjoy it. It's fun to have something new to watch, like to get you through the beginning of that week. So we will be back next week. We're going to try to get these to be a little bit more regular in terms of the scheduling. I think that next week we're going back to typical Australian Survivor. Schedule of Sunday Monday Tuesday if I'm not mistaken Uh, so I'm hoping to get these episodes out on Wednesdays maybe Thursdays sometimes but we're going to figure that out these will start to come at regular intervals Uh, so to make sure you don't miss them no matter when they come out you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it so that you get all of our upcoming Australian Survivor recaps we also have Tons of interviews coming your way and deep dives coming your way. Plus, season 42 is starting in just over a month. And we will be recapping that, of course, every Thursday.
1: Not me. Not me.
0: Not you. Not Evan you. We, Ross Katz. me. That's my fabulous, amazing, talented co host. Ricardo's my guest co host. The <laughs> title of the Tension between the two of us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, if you haven't seen, scroll down in your feed a little bit. We just released an interview with Richard Hatch, the one and only. Uh, we had a great interview with Jerry Manthe that came out a couple weeks ago. Beautiful. A great interview with Ricard Foyer Beautiful. that came out two weeks before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of content for you to consume. So make sure you're subscribed if you enjoyed this rate and review it. Tell your Australian friends about it because we're trying to break into Australia.
1: <laughs> yes, please. I really want to be part of Australia. I don't know how. Podcast on the cast. With Jonathan, whatever, I will take anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, get in line, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.